Today is Slayer Kitty. Hello. Hello. And we're going to talk about the music of season two. And this is kind of a wrap-up podcast of all the music within um, this particular season. So um, right off the bat, um, maybe we should talk a little bit about the differences of season two's music compared to season one. And um, I, well, I mean, the kids don't like it when he raps. Yeah. Yep. And we don't get, we really don't get any rapping, no, do we? I, well, it's Empire State of Mind, but that's not Will. So. Well, no, and, and that that's definitely all of the the kids. And then I'm trying to think if there's any others, and nothing is coming to mind. No, I can't either. I think, because I know we talked about when we wrapped up season one, that there was definitely a shift between the first 13 and the back nine. Definitely, yes. And I I think definitely you get kind of more of that change, and um, we get stuff that, we get a lot more tribute episodes, we get a lot more thematic episodes, Yes. Um, get a lot more of the songs, trying to, trying to fit the stories around the songs, more so than in season one, you get a little more of the, the, the songs wrapping around the story. That is definitely true, because they think they... As as the show gained in popularity and everybody really wanted a piece of that pie, mm-hmm. I think they found themselves going from going to people going, please, 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 let me use your song to here, 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 here's my song, get it on the show. Yep. And yep. and so I think there was some of that, and then. Um, also, with the po- the popularity of the show, it definitely opened up a lot more options for them song-wise, because once the show got popular, a lot more people were more willing to give them the rights to stuff. I mean, season two is the first time they do the Beatles. Yep. And they, they milk that, not only in season two, but in later seasons, and... Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that really changed the shape of what music they were doing on the show. Yep. 
Well, let's go through this a little bit chronologically um, because I do think there's some interesting things to pull at going through it. And, um, for example, let's start with Audition. And um, something that stands out to me, Empire State of Mind is the first song that they did, and this kind of starts this trend where they pick up, I believe Empire State of Mind was like the hottest song of what, that year or the last two years or something like that? It was a really popular song, yeah. Yep. And so was Telephone. Telephone had just come out. Yes. And of course, Mm -hmm. they were, they had just done the Gaga tribute at the end of season one. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they were more than willing to do songs by her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so we've already got that. This an audition is an interesting mix of songs. Now that I look at it all together, because they do have still they still have a, a musical theater song at the end from a chorus line, which is Rachel's solo. Right. Um, we have two songs by Sunshine, which I think is interesting. I, I think that at the beginning they are pulling in this. I believe. Um, oh, who's the, the actor that plays Sunshine, Charisse? Charisse, yes. You have, you have yes. to say something. I was going to say Patrice, and then I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> so, and, and they're a singer, right? She's like a really, uh, she is uh, Filipino, like um, Darren. Mm-hmm. And I think she's really popular there. I'm not sure about her popularity elsewhere, but she's had some fame so when they cast her as a guest star it was because I think well obviously she can sing really well but that people would know who she was or at least have an idea of who she was maybe yep well and I think but it's interesting that also we get we get two songs from a guest star in the first episode yeah um, and that kind well because that kind of sets a, a tone a trend because that's not well, they do it in season three with Lindsay Pierce. They do mm-hmm. it in season four with Kate Hudson. Season five, I don't think has anybody, but that's the big Beatles episode. Um, and season six kind of goes back to the season one feel. So, yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they kind of like here we're back. We're bigger with these big powerhouse songs. We have a guest star, um, and and it just has a different tone to it. Mm-hmm. And like all of these songs. It, the, the I think one of the I, I think it's the week personally I think it's the weakest song of, or weakest uh, episode of the whole season. Um, but it's probably one know, of them, which is so interesting because it's the premiere. But it has all of these huge songs in it, and I think that they were kind of, you know, hey, we're back, and hey, look at what we're producing. Maybe you know, that kind of yeah, thing. they definitely tended to let. Uh, from season two on, but maybe even a little bit in season one towards the end, start letting the music talk for the show instead of letting the show talk for the show. And right. and I think um, a lot of that is really clear, especially when you look at writing versus what the music is doing. Um, also in the first episode that I want to touch on is Sam. Because um, I, I know in the first season we talked a little bit about each of the characters and their musicality and, and and I, I, I think Cord Overstreet has kind of a, a uh, I don't want to say generic sound because I do think he's a good singer, yeah. but he, I think that he does a lot better in this kind of country western that he's kind of known for, mm-hmm. and um, that doesn't really necessarily come out in season two, or ever really, but um, they kind of just stick him with whatever song that they need, you know, Billionaire was a, a big song at the time. It was. So stick him with- and now, having said that, I think that Billionaire sounds really good. 
And oh, and oh, you know, uh, oh yeah. well, this is another song with rapping in it. If you want to go that route, and it's like Artie and I think it's all the guys except for Kurt. Yeah, I can't remember if they all sing on it or or. I don't think Finn is there though. I don't. No, he's, he's there, but uh, maybe Mike's not, or maybe not all of them sing on it. But I know a lot of that song is Artie has the rapping stuff, and then Sam has the yeah. chorus. Yeah, and it's a good song. I actually, I mean, I own it. I think it's good. I just, it's interesting that Sam never really gets, well, I guess we'll go, you know, we'll get to more Sam in a minute when we talk about, like, Bieber and Lucky and Mm -hmm. a couple of other things that he does. But I think that they never really uh, have, unlike the characters, like, Rachel definitely has power ballads and they give uh, Finn these, um, you know, 80 rock, 80s rock Mm -hmm. and, or Quinn, she'll get, like, very specific things that relate to her, or, you know, Kurt gets very, you know, emotional, whatever, songs, but with uh, Sam, they kind of just, I feel bad, they just kind of stick in with, you know, hey, we want to do the song, let's give it to Sam. Yeah. And it kind of starts at the beginning. And in a certain way, I think that that's true. Um, he sort of becomes the... It's, it's different, and like we often refer to, like say Blaine. You know, the Blaine is the human jukebox thing that became a a thing after a while. But and I'm not saying they did that to Sam, but because he didn't sing quite that much. But I feel like whenever they have just a run of the mill song, oh mm-hmm. Sam will do it. Yep. And maybe I think in, in some ways in season one where that may have fallen on Finn a little bit. Yeah. It now is sort of sliding over to Sam. Yeah. Though I do think, I think Cord is a better uh, vocalist than, than Corey. Um, I think he can handle a little bit more. I don't think he is, gosh, I, that's like, again, I, I feel like his music, or his, his singing is a little bit bland. But again, he's not in, like, it's a shame he never really got to sing a real good country western song. Uh, I mean, I think the closest is Red Solo And that does not count. Because <laughs> I, I do think I, I heard his new single and he sounds really I good on it. And I, it I, <laughs> I'll get around to it. It's on my list. Well, and also going into um, the beginning of this episode, uh, season, really heavily advertised with all this Britney. Oh my gosh! Yes, Britney everywhere. That, Britney, Britney, Britney. Uh, I love Britney. But <laughs> I, I don't. I know. I, I, but I. You know what though. I mean, I like some of her stuff. I don't love all of it, but I have a lot of respect for her as a performer and a mother and everything else, especially after everything she went through. And that is a whole other issue. But so I like her like as a like as a person and and as someone that I feel like people can look up to because she she fell apart and put herself together and she did it all in front of the public eye. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a. I I do have respect for the the artist. I I don't. Um, I, that's different from me saying I don't like this song. Yeah, you don't I, like I, her I, art, but that's okay. Yeah, but that's like I'm not trashing her. She can you know more power to to her for doing yeah. the stuff that she does. But um, but within the context of the show, you get you know I, I know that it was a big thing to to feature. Um, Heather Morris, now her dancing and all of the numbers that she does is amazing because yes. Heather Morris is amazing and I think performance-wise as looking at it from a music video kind of thing, I think they did fantastic. Mm-hmm. The vocals 
in the the Britney stuff is a little bit lacking because Heather Morris is not a vocalist. No, um, but I Fred, think Britney is a good person for her to cover in that respect because yes, she she has you know some limitations with her her range and her you know, um, but I think that Britney falls right in there with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on the one hand, I do like a lot of, or a couple of her Britney covers, but the actual episode as a whole, I mean, it was a, it was a okay episode. It was good. It was good in a lot of ways, but I mean, the, it was very much a episode that went, we want to do a Britney tribute and yeah, write the episode based on that. That's what I was going to mention, too. I think the thing that really sticks out with the Britney episode is how hard they're trying to stick in all of these songs um, to make it work. Yep. And the only way they come up with is having the dentist drug them. I mean, it's a little far-fetched. Now, I, I will say Me Against the Music, the one where she and, and Santana sing, is, is amazingly done, even if I don't like that song. Mm-hmm. I think that... The cinematography on that. Yes, everything about that. Just, I mean, yeah. they sound good together. the The way they filmed it was amazing, and of course, Heather yeah. can dance the hell out of everything. And you know, Naya did a fantastic job. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. But the whole premise behind it just was just very much. We need to do whatever we can do to get this to work out so we can stick seven Britney songs in an episode. Yeah, and that's what is, uh, the other thing I was going to say. I mean, there's seven songs in this, and that pushes it. I think five is about a good limit. I, I think four is better, but five is about what they average. Yeah. And she not, like, when you get into higher than that, the only one that really pulls it off is original song, and we'll talk about original song in a little yeah. bit. Um, but for the most part, if you're pushing all of these forced songs in here, it gets you know, do we, you know, we have, you know, all of this stuff and it's jammed in there. And on top of that, on top of all the Britney, we have this one Rachel solo that is not even a Britney nope. song. I mean, like, why did we need this in here? It is but, one of my favorite Paramore songs, but it sticks out like a sore thumb as a cap to this episode. And while I admire Rachel for whatever she was trying to do there and, you know, and sing to Finn, of course, and, mm-hmm. and what have you. Um, it just felt really unnecessary at the end of the episode that already had so much, so many songs in it. And she'd already sung once as a solo. It just seemed like too much. Yeah, it did. And it's like, you know, I get that they wanted to go back to, like, their... I think this was their one quick nod to the fact that there is this easy listening stuff. So they, I mean, eventually did a Burt Bacharach, whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> they wanted... I don't know why they... Could they not find a Britney song that really encapsulated Finchel? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure either, to be honest. And also, I want to mention um, Baby One More Time, which is the Rachel solo... And, you know, I, I have yet to get hate mail about it, but Leah doing this kind of stuff just, it doesn't, it's kind of laughable. I feel bad saying that. But Leah has a very specific kind of voice, and it yeah. works on very specific kinds of songs, and that's not a knock against her, because damn, that girl can sing. But it doesn't always work 
on every song that they want her to sing on. Mm-hmm. And um, even in season one, I thought that a few times. It's like, this is almost not the best song for her vocally. Even though she's singing it as well as she can, I don't know that this would be my go-to song for that right. artist or that genre. And and on top of that, go, adding the performance in there, I mean, you know, Naya Rivera and Heather Morris can kind of play this, you know, just devilishly sexy thing that Britney Spears is known for, yes. but Leah doesn't... <laughs> I okay, but just to me, I just again kind of comes off as trying too hard, and this happens more so in the um, second Britney Spears. Yes, uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> when they do, oops, I did it again, which I'm surprised they didn't do the first time around. But um, yeah, uh, and also, I mean, there's an Artie solo which I think is he did fine, but it's they actually, I mean, you know what though? The best thing about the Artie solo is not the song; it's it's the again, it's the filming of it. Yeah. Um, and then there is we should mention Toxic because uh, it comes back again, now, and I think it's better with the sex personally. But <sighs> Toxic is that such a good version of that song. They did a really good arrangement. The only thing is that it, you know, if it's Mr. Shu is singing on it. So it yeah, adds that, a whole level of skeeviness to it. Yeah, that whole scene is just... I, I personally like the season five version better, but um, yeah. I just so, like the arrangement to it. So. Um, but there we go. We have seasons. You know, the first two episodes are these kind of big, like here are these big songs. Here's this big tribute, well, and, and we're two and, episodes in, and they've already done a tribute episode. Right, two episodes so in. Yep. So they're already. It's definitely a shift in their storytelling way that they're doing storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, the the third episode is grilled cheeses. So we get all of these religious songs, which or anti-religious songs, yeah. or. <laughs> or losing my religion, which is <laughs> we can not really about religion. So let me get this straight: we can sing about losing our religion, but we can't sing about having religion. <laughs> you know, I, I generally are like so strange. <laughs> I, I I genuinely like the song, the music in this. However, again, I feel like it's a little overstuffed. Um, yes, Rachel did not need a solo in this episode. Yeah. And then that's even a Barbara Streisand song, Papa, Can You Hear Me? It's from Yentl, and it's oh, it's just so long. But I, but I just, I, I, I feel like, um, but, you know, once again, it's sort of like storytelling through the music and not through the, the story. And yeah, and, and Mercedes gets two, I Look to You, and Bridge Over, Over Troubled Water. Again, they're great songs. They're great. They're well done. It's, a very blatantly hit you over the head with this kind of message, mm-hmm. I think. And not necessarily, um, not the message of, you know, you should believe in religion or you shouldn't, but hey, we're doing a religious-themed podcast, or a religious-themed episode. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to, we're going to think that. Now let me hit you over the head with every religious song that I found this week. I think, I actually like Puck's, only the good die young. I actually thought that was a good choice. Um, and then, um, of course, Kurt's "I Want to Hold Your Hand" is, I think, one of the most gorgeous moments. Yes. 
Um, but it's awesome. That's a beautiful song. It's not even about religion. No. And, and there are there are moments where the, even though the songs and, and the episodes seem to be going to a central theme or a central plot, there are moments when the two come together and they work and they work so well. And in this mm-hmm. episode, only the good die young, and I want to hold your hand works so well in this context. You know, there's reasons why those songs are the favorites that come out of this episode. Right. And I think with Losing My Religion, I, I feel bad laughing and snickering I about it. I have such a, a hard time taking Finn seriously in this episode, so that plays into that a little bit. That too. But, I mean, like, they're trying to play it off as if the song is really about losing religion. and it's Well, that's just Finn for you. <laughs> that kind of is unintentionally funny to me. Yeah. Like, that's just... Um, so, yeah, it's good overall music in the, in the episode, but, again, it feels a little stuffed. I, I don't think they necessarily needed Rachel's solo, even if she is a complete Barbara Streisand. Um, and, you know, blew it away, and, I mean, it's not that it wasn't good. I just don't know that it was necessary, but, I mean, they needed to have her have something to do. Right. Especially when the episode wasn't about Rachel. Right. And then they, it ends on One of Us, which is, while I like the song in general, I think it feels a little bit, this is their first, is it their first group song of the season? I think um, it is. No, because Empire State of Mind was a group song. Oh, okay. Well, they end, this first time they end. It's the first group. time that they end the episode, and it's one of those, like, not really fantasy group numbers. Yeah, but it's one of those big groups. Yeah, it, well, it sort of has that, like, keep holding on vibe to it. Yeah, I was going to say, it throws back to season one a little bit with the actual yeah. show choir blocking and arrangement, mm-hmm. which, again, I, I know I talked about this in season one. It's not actually my favorite version of these songs. A lot of times these songs are my favorite when they do something kind of new and original, but it's not in a show choir way, which I know goes against the, you know, premise of the show <laughs> I will admit that um, but shame that is, shame I know um, but that like, we get a lot of times these ending songs are still in that kind of format mm-hmm. and so it's it's to me it's okay it's not great but it's not awful or anything so um, so we get into duets and duets I think is the first episode even though there's a theme I think this is my favorite episode up to this point of music. I think so, too, because I think that not only did the theme of the week, more or less, gives them a lot more room to play around. Because, I mean, the first week, you know, they were all about big songs and attracting people back to the show and this and that. And then, of course, they had Britney and only Britney, except for that one song at the end. And and then they have all this really heavy, you know, heavy religious angst for season mm-hmm. three. So season, the season four, uh, episode <laughs> three and episode four, Woo! Uh, so this one sort of they have a lot more room to move around in because all they're doing is either doing traditional duets or taking a song and making it into a duet or whatever. So there's a lot more room to play. Yeah. Well, and something I also realized as we're going through this is that the first three episodes 
have these big Rachel solos in them. And this is where we, I mean, we do have Rachel singing in this episode, but we start to deviate from that. And kind of getting away from that model helps it. I think hearing other people sing, and we have in this episode new combinations of people singing, and it's really kind of a relief. Um, Yeah, I think a little bit. So you get... Well, I have, like, okay, so we have, um, we get uh, River Deep and Mountain High, which which is in Santana. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, We get Kurt's fantastic Lejeune Hot, um, which is, you know, vocal masturbation. Vocal masturbation. But it is amazing. There's um, porn in it somewhere, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we get Mike and Tina singing Sing, and that's and we haven't seen them really do Mike, anything together. This is the first time that Mike really sings. Like, sing, I mean, sings, sings. Like, yeah. actually, by, not by himself, but like, you know, it's the first time we see him sing as an individual with Tina and, and all that stuff. And, and before he's always just been very much chorus. So it was really nice to see him break out, have a little bit of a plot line, have it be kind of a little bit of a funny moment. Um, and, and it's really adorable. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and it's such a well done thing between the two of them because uh, uh, Tina can sing, and the, them playing off the fact that he doesn't, but he does all, and it's really a cute little choreography, mm-hmm. and it's something just refreshing from all of the Rachel stuff that we always get. So, seeing this kind of new stuff, I do appreciate that in season two, though, they are starting to break out of this whole Finn and Rachel nonsense. I mean, nonsense. Mike had actual lines and a yep. song. Yep. And, I mean, this is a person, like I said at one point during one of the other podcasts, for the longest time, I didn't even know his name was Mike. Right. I don't think we, any of us did. So, um, yeah. So it was really, really nice not only to see him being brought to the forefront in that way, but also to have them get this little interaction. And you can actually see how their relationship is through this. Exactly. And that was so nice. I think and that's... Kind of with everybody, you kind of, and the point of Kurt being alone is to be alone in this episode, but you get all of these little relationships. I mean, Mercedes and Santa Tana kind of start their kind of friendship here. Mm-hmm. You get Sam and Quinn, even though it's, I like Lucky. I think it's sweet. I think I, that I, they sound okay together. They sound good. It's not, I wouldn't turn the radio off if I heard it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that I would stop dead in my tracks and go, ooh, either. Yeah, they sound nice. It's nice. I think it's just, it, but it's a new combination, which is also kind of nice. It is. Uh, hilariously, though, we have Rachel singing three times in this episode. Um, now, however, they're e- the first time is "Don't Go Breaking My Heart," which is this, you know, it's kind of a generic Finn and Rachel song. It really is. But I think maybe I mean, that was on purpose. Yeah. I think it because, is. of course, then they ultimately decide to throw the competition with the yeah. other song that I can't remember the name of right now. It's called If You I'm Born Again. And they do address as a nun and a priest. And it's so... She's like, it's, she's like, it's the most offensive thing I can think of. <laughs> what is it? Quinn says, I actually want to hit you right now or something. Yeah, I, it's so over the top. And I like that they're kind of poking fun at Finchel here. See, I mean, I know that they did it on purpose, but I, I do kind of like, I mean, unfortunately, they still have their big, long duet, too, at the beginning, mm. but they are kind of making fun of, like, 
how, how seriously they take themselves and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it is kind of nice to change that kind of dynamic up. And then, um, of course, we end with the phenomenal and amazing Get Happy, Happy Days Are Here Again with Rachel Hart. And I know that technically it it, I don't, it wasn't really a duet, but it, the the defined gravity in season one was the Hummelberry. But right. this is the first time they sing together, and it's just so gorgeous. It really and is so, when those two, you know, stop bickering and stop, you know, really, and when they really, you know, are on sync with each other, they just sound so good together and i really love that they and then when this happened they they were like wow everybody likes it and it becomes a thing mhm yep and we'll talk a little bit more about that when it gets to um the end of the season but the other thing is like some of these um some of these songs and i'm going to really more focus on the kurt related and plain related stuff can tell a story i mean we get a hummelberry kind of story you know, here we get Happy Days Are Here Again and whatnot, and then they get For Good at the end, mm-hmm. and again, should wait till the end to really talk about it, but there is kind of a story of their friendship told through these songs, and we'll get it more, like, in claim mm-hmm. when you talk about Kurt and Blaine and their songs together, and you squish them together, you can tell kind of a coherent love story through the music, mm-hmm. and, and Kurt's story, I mean, you get, uh, you know, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and Loja is Hot, and... Um, this song right here, I mean, you you see his story. I think season two, while questionable about some of its choices, um, in general, you can see these character storylines through the music. Now, whether that's always a good thing is remains to be seen, but at least they did choose... Uh, and, and when it counts, they chose good songs to tell those stories. Right. And and something, again, we talked a little about in season one is that when they kind of were coming up with these characters, they did kind of come up with kind of their musicality, too. And that is still really apparent, I think, a little bit later on. Um, it, they lose that, and they just... I, and I feel this way about um, the newbies. I think that the newbies just kind of got thrown, songs thrown at them. Like, here, we need to do this. Here, have this. Yeah. And and it's not as well thought out as they did with the, the first couple of and, and I think that, and of course, once you get season four with the podcast and everything, we can talk about how badly that was handled. But mm-hmm. I think part of the reasons why they suffered is because they were like literally just to hear, here's a song, go sing it. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, and, and yeah, so when... The characters are, you know, if you want to select a character, you have to give me something to like. Right. Right. Um, with season, and with uh, season five, I'm doing it too, with episode five. We don't know where <laughs> we are. It's okay. We get our um, our second tribute episode. Now, I'm, you know, going through, kind of keeping track. We've now got, you know, one, the first episode has major songs in it. And then we have a tribute episode. And themed episode, themed episode, tribute episode. And that's a lot for the first five weeks. Now, to be fair, and I think we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about um, special education, there was a two-week break between duets and Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't quite as smooshed together as it sounds. But that's still a lot for the show that's only been on back for five episodes and in a grand total of two months. 
I think also this is there was so much hype around season two. They wanted to get all of these really big things. They're like they this was an advertising thing. And when we, I want to talk about Rocky Horror before we get into the insanity of Teenage Dream. Okay. Um, but they um, they were really building off of like let's you know the people are really buying the songs and people are liking our albums. And music make sales sure. became so much a factor in what they were doing. Right. And like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, more so with Teenage Dream. Um, but we got, okay, so we have the Rocky Horror Show, which is genuinely just, you know, the whole, almost the whole musical. Um, and yeah. and the, I believe that the Rocky Horror Glee Show has albums, or tracks on the album that weren't even on in the, the episode. It does. Um, so There's a couple, I think. Yeah, I think, um, well, over at the Frankenstein place, the full one was on there. Yeah. And then whatever happened Saturday night, the full one was on there. Yeah. Um, but they do almost all of the songs from that musical. Not that the musical has a lot of them in it in the first place. It but, doesn't. Um, but, I mean, and that's why, in that respect, I mean, it was a good choice. Aside from the fact that I think they kind of wanted to do something Halloween-related. and Right. Um, and, and stuff like that. Uh but it's a good choice for them to focus on because they can do the bulk of the soundtrack and actually do, you know, do with that and, and give it due justice as opposed to, say, some musical that has, like, 30 songs in it, you could do five. Right. You know, right. so it just it just depends. But that was a good choice as far as that goes. Now, I think it's interesting that the two actual tribute episodes, Brittany and Rocky Horror, are the two, I, I guess I, I still don't like Audition more, but are two weaker episodes of the season. Um, it's also really interesting that the two um, tribute episodes so far have a very strong will focus. That might be also why it's the two of the weaker episodes. Um, I don't know why they wanted to center Will around these these bigger episodes. Well, the second episode of season one was also Will focused. It's when they did Acapellas. That was three episode three. Was it three? What was episode two? Yeah, um, Showman. Shh. We'll just oh. pretend I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I have this weird encyclopedic no- knowledge of what's in each episode, so it's frightening. And I, I'm like, I could be doing really useful things with this, but I, instead I. You know, memorize all these Glee facts. So. You could be playing Glee <laughs> trivia somewhere <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> and winning, sadly enough. Oh. Um, but anyway. <laughs> you know, that's what we should do as a side. We should do like a a trivia kind of thing, a podcast where like it can be like Stump SO or something like that. Oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> or I really should put it out there to do listener questions because I've never done that. I really should. Oh, but anyway. Um so, um, anyway, Rocky Horror, what do you think? I think the casting was genuinely good with it. I, I'm I mean, not I really think, uh, okay, so I'll be honest here, and I'm probably going to be like, I don't think I'll get hate mail, but people will probably be like, what? So, a few years ago, I watched the actual Rocky Horror movie. My friend had it, and uh, people had been raving about it. And, of course, you know, it become it's such a, a cultural phenomenon type thing. You know, it's it's a very much a cult work, and it, but everyone knows about it, and everybody talks about it. I had never seen it. Mm-hmm. And 
so gosh, this this probably like ten years ago now. Um, and so one night I was like, well, you know, it's close to Halloween. We should just watch it. By the time the movie was over, and I didn't hate it necessarily, but I'm kind of like, that's it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, I, it was, like, just so built up that it felt like it didn't live up to the hype almost. But it wasn't bad, but I didn't, like, love it. And my friend was like, what do you mean, is that it? You know, so no, it's okay. I, I actually, you know, going into this episode, I only had loose familiarity with mm-hmm. the source material because I'd only seen it the once, and right. I wasn't that impressed. So none of it really stuck with me. Okay, and um, so going in, there's some of that where I felt like I was seeing some of this thing was like, say, like new eyes. Mm-hmm. And I actually, um, you know, I really did end up liking a lot of it. I do think that Finn and Rachel made a good Brad and Janet. Right. Um, I do think that... Which, which just interject really, really sure. quickly and say, um, despite the fact that it's obvious that they were going to get it anyway, I do think it was a good choice. I actually think Finn and Rachel fit Brad and Janet pretty well. Yes, but anyway, actually, I, I mean... If I was going to pick people to play Brad and Janet, it was going to be them. There was no way that they weren't going to play those characters. Right. Um, And I do think that uh, Sam was great as... I'm not even sure what his character's name was now. Rocky. Rocky. I knew that. (laughs) Like, I totally blanked. Um and he actually did very well with that. I mean, he's obviously, they cast him because he's pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for that. But I think it worked. And, and I think that, you know, he really made that work for him. Yep. And um, I did like Artie being, uh, he was the professor, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's when you get into the teachers starting to play the roles and the adults starting to play the roles. It gets a little weird. It does. Um, I mean, and I think that Mercedes as, um, oh my God, I don't know anyone's names. I know that. I knew that too. I just couldn't think of it. Uh, She was Mm -hmm. fantastic. That was amazing. Brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. She was great. All the other characters in their side roles, they were great. Um, I even really kind of bought John Stamos as... I kind of like John Stamos. Because he wasn't pretty. creepy, but yeah, okay. He was pretty, and but he he wasn't creepy. Yeah, not the way... Not, not in the way me. that Will is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> touch me. I'm just going to shorten it to touch me. Um, well, well, I think she did a great... Well, Emma did a fantastic job in that song. That performance of it, it's so creepy. So, That's not her fault. No, I know it's not. And it's, honestly, it's, I mean, Jama's not a singer. She, I mean, yeah, she does all right for what I mean. Like, I'm not a singer, she, but I'm really bad. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's, not, she's, she's good. Yeah. She, I mean, she's not a singer. She carries a tune, obviously, and I think she's a pleasant voice. But she only mm-hmm. sang like twice in season one, so she's not a singer. This was a this right. was a more challenging song for her. And I think she did a really good job with it. I just think they made yeah. it creepy. Unintentionally, they made it creepy. Right. 
Right. So, uh, yeah, and my, my favorite, I just always have liked the, the science fiction double feature song, so I think Santana yes, did a great job I with that. I think she was a good choice for uh, that. Um, and then Time Warp was good. It was I had the whole song, so I get a little, like, okay. It's not my, you know, if, if you like Time Warp, you really like Time Warp. And I think that... I like the, Time Warp. Yeah, I... I'm just, it's not my favorite thing, but it's, it's, it's a good rendition of it. So. Yeah, I think that, I think overall, at least musically, they, they did a good job. It, the plot of the episode kind of fell down a little somewhere, but that's probably because it was mostly about Will and Emma and Carl, and I'm just, we were all over that five minutes in. Exactly. So that's kind of the downfall of these first two tribute episodes is that the story focus just isn't there, despite mm-hmm. these songs being relatively well-done songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't have the story support, and I think they're still trying to figure out. I don't know. I mean, I I'm guess... sure they really ever didn't... really yeah, found I that balance between yeah. music and, and the story. And right. I, I think they get close in some episodes, especially like the the competition episodes seem to have the best balance between plot and music. See, and we've talked about this before, and I disagree. You disagree, but, that's okay. but I don't. <laughs> I, will, I will go down in flames. Okay. When we get to the, we'll get to all of them, uh, and we'll talk about it more when we get okay. there. But let's get on to, because um, I know we're going to spend a bit of time on it, um, uh, Never Been Kissed, which right. most of the songs in this episode are kind of forgettable. Um, bizarre mishmash of music. And I, it kind of, it, well, it, first of all, it's, you know, speaking of mishmashes, it is the boys and the, the girls. episode that they, they do episode. like almost every year, except for after season four, because why would you continue to do yeah. something that's worked in the past? But, and, and they're nice. I mean, I think start me up and living on a prayer is nice. I think stop in the name of the love and name in love in the name of love and for your mind is fine. I don't think they are as iconic as the first two. Like vitamin D was the first. Well, um, I mean, also angels. Come on. (laughs) But those songs, the songs that they mashed together, you could tell they put a lot of time and effort Mm -hmm. into finding songs to really do that. And this kind of, they start, it's not bad here at all. I I think these are like, but living on a mirror and start me up was just an excuse to put every girl in leather pants. Right. And then, uh, you know, I kind of think In the Name of Love and For Your Mind is a little forgettable, to be honest with you. Um, That's okay. It's nice. And then even Artie in in Puck's song, One Love, People Get Ready, is a mashup, which I'd never really thought about before, but it is. It is? I thought, oh, I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly, that song is so just forgettable. It really, and it's because, you know why? It's right before this, it is, because I've seen it a thousand times. Right before the teenage dream, it's right before Kurt walks down those damn stair- that damn staircase, um, and it, it, so it's really not that forgettable because it's stuck in my head. But it really, as a song and a performance, as an episode, as an episode, an episode plot, Artie and and Puck hanging out together, I actually liked that. Up oh, here, yeah, if I, I remember just... them singing "One Love," people get ready. Yeah, like I said, it's not really, it's just to get money from people, and it's not really this big plot point, really, except for them hanging out, and it, it, they didn't really need it. Um, it it felt just felt like, kinda like, we need one more song, who can we get to sing together in this episode? So, so, but, okay, but then we get this amazing... So is Teenage Dream the only non-mashup in the episode? Okay. 
I love you, Lisa. You I'm stamped on my intro to teenage <laughs> stepping on you. I give you all the hugs, though, because I really do love you, and it's been so much fun. <laughs> you can yell at me, though, too, because I do it, too. Continue. Oh, you want to intro it? You can intro it. Teenage Dream is the only non-mashup in the episode. <laughs> and it's amazing. I think and what we it love is, it. is that we're sharing a brain. We are. We are like mind twins right now because we are so excited about Teenage Dream. God, this was unintentionally the best thing they ever did. Except for like yeah. Don't Stop Believing or something. Okay, so don't you get... Okay, so here's my thing. Don't Stop Believing is this... It is the show, okay? It really is. It, is the, it really encompasses everything that it, the show is There's about. There's a reason why it was done five times. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Dream is kind of, I want to say that it, it kind of is a representation of what the show becomes and what the show is, you know, it takes a left turn after Teenage Dream, like, the show was going one way, and Teenage Dream happened, and it just goes off course into a different direction. It really does. And because not only... Because Teenage Dream does so much stuff. First off, it it cements Blaine and Darren as a permanent presence on the show. Even mm-hmm. though he was recurring for the rest of season two, once they mm-hmm. announced him to be on the tour, once he was, you know, the Warbler album sold like hotcakes, and we can talk more about that too in a minute. I mean, but once all these things started happening, there was no way they were going to let him go. They were going to mm-hmm. do whatever they could to keep him because he was making them a shit ton of money. Right. And, and then, well, and of course we talked about my alternate universe theory so not only did it change the show in a musical sense because they were now going to have him on there as singing songs all the time by keeping him they also kept the warblers which meant that half of the show's songs were now acapella well that's the other thing about okay well there's a lot of things with teenage dream first of all you have um this song was what the second most re- uh, downloaded? Yeah, song I think it's I- still behind "Don't Stop Believing," but that's only because yep. "Don't Stop Believing" had like a year and a half head start. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then it is so like because Teenage Dream was so successful, they started trying to recreate that, and they never really got that. No, they got uh, because close a couple Dream- of times, but it was never yeah. uh, Teenage Dream was lightning in a bottle. Yes. It was the right song with the right singer in the right episode at the right moment during the right time as a, I'll say socially. Right. I guess. Yeah, like in the society. In society. In the right time in society. I guess that's a better way to phrase it. It was just a combination of all these things that happened all at the same time, and it was completely unintentional. And I think that was the best thing about it, was that they weren't trying to do it. It just happened. So then when they start trying to do it, you're trying to make it happen. You're pushing it too hard. It's not going to work. And think about it. Darren didn't come on as a huge big guest star. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people knew his dark kid was. He had a huge internet presence, but he wasn't like a household name. 
Yep, he was not known. So because of that, well, it yeah, wasn't well, like... the only other thing he would had done was um, Eastwick, and that got canceled after six right. episodes. Whoops. Which is utterly forgettable <laughs> for reasons. You know, I never even way. watched yeah. it. No, it is really. I've I've only seen the Darren parts, which is about ten minutes, and that's about the only ten minutes I really need to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, it's forgettable. Um, but but you get this just. He's not Britney Spears. He's not, like, later they're going to bring in Gwyneth Paltrow. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, you know, he's just this character. And as you said, it was lightning in a bottle. And, like, everything was perfectly clicked. But also, let's talk about the arrangement of this song, this gorgeous acapella song. Because the Katy Perry song uh-huh. is awful. <laughs> or at least I personally don't care for it all that much. It's kind of tinny. It's kind of poppy. It's very Katy Perry. Yeah. It, it's, just, it's what Katy Perry does best. Right. And you take it and you give it to this acapella group and you put Darren Chris, who is just this, I, I know, I don't know how much I've expressed this on the actual podcast. I know I talk about it to everybody off the podcast. He, the way he performs, it actually can come through the screen a little bit. But if you've ever seen him live, you know that there is just something remarkable about the way this he is kid... one of those people who it. can make you feel like you're the only person in the room, even though you're sitting in a room with, like, 500 of your closest friends. Yep, exactly. And and I think that kind of comes through on screen a little bit, but because it's focusing from Kurt's point of view to have it, I mean, it's cool that it's singing to Kurt, but it's also singing to us, and it's it's so kind of amazing and then you know teenage dream just when you like get down into the nitty-gritty of the lyrics and we're really not going to do that much on this podcast but with teenage dream it fits kurt's character it fits blaine's character it it fits their them as a couple at this moment because it is this big fairy tale you know gay fairy tale mm-hmm. that they're going to try and tell for the next year and it's just gorgeous on a on a storytelling level so you have the phenomenon of the arrangement of the part in society of the actual storyline of this amazing new guest star coming on, and it's just amazing. And I can just and this could be a whole podcast about teenage dream. If you I like mean, we show. could, you know. But and one of the other <laughs> things about it is that, um, well, and and this is kind of thing. Kurt's thing was always singing girl songs, and here That's- is Blaine singing a girl's song and he doesn't change pronouns right i mean and and, you know i think that's really fascinating as a character trait but also i know darren doesn't change pronouns either so and and i don't know if that if that's something that darren consciously said no let's if if we need to we're not changing any pronouns or if it's just something that just they just let him do what he was going to do well, yeah. you know, and it's interesting because they talk about we. I know that in fandom they've talked about the pronoun thing a little bit, and they this one doesn't have any pronouns to really throw around, but uh-huh. um, they don't change them for the clean songs until all you need is love, and at the end of that, there's a little snippet. Um, um, or instead of she loves you, it says he loves you. Yeah. Yes, right. That is a pronoun so, change I can get behind. Oh, absolutely. That was I nearly like, cried, but that's a whole that other podcast. Crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> way far in the future. <laughs> so it kind of, you know, and just because I, I want to get to the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Teenage Dream, just this iconic staple. And you have all of this kind of 
really crazy build up in the first five episodes of all of these really big moments, and all this, these tributes, all these in this episode, and, this episode where the plot should have overpowered the music because this is the Karatsky bullying right. Kerr episode. This is the the kiss in the locker room. This is the if you tell anyone I'm gonna kill you. This episode, which should have been overshadowed with plot, with story, this should be the story-based episode instead of the music-based episode, and Teenage Dream just comes in and steals the episode. It does. Well, but at the same time, it still is, because like, like we said, these other songs in it are kind of forgettable in comparison, um, but... Um, you know, all of the all the first five episodes trying to and you know duets comes close, but are trying to you know here are these all these really great musical moments and the plot has suffered. But now we get the flip of this, but the songs song really that one song really when I mean, they're not trying. This is the thing when they don't try and they didn't try with "Don't Stop Believing," mm-hmm. it it works the best. So yeah, it's yeah. just so you know fascinating how perfectly they can do something if they just let it be what it is and not try to make it more than that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, moving on, even though I know we can stay and talk about this for another hour, um, we're, we're, we get into the substitute, which again is another um, another. So guest we're star. up to what? Guest star number three? Seven. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's Sharice um, in episode one. There wasn't a guest star, but there's uh, it, I guess technically Britney Spears showed up in episode two, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Oh, and I guess the, I mean, Meatloaf was in in Rocky Horror, even though he wasn't singing. But anyway, well, I guess, and, and John Samos is pretty big guest star. Yeah. So we're, we we'll get to, like, guest star number four now. <laughs> and as far as, like, big names, uh, I mean, I love, I love you, Darren, but at the time, nobody really knew who you were, so unfortunately, yeah. we won't be counting you um, exactly. as a guest star. So You are such a little creature on this side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't the guest um, star status you'd be now. So, um So now it's so Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow's turn. I am kind of ambivalent. I love Forget You. I just like that song in general. I I, I think that it got it was really well received at the time. And I did like her character at the time. I feel like as a one-shot character, she was well done. But the longer she was around, the more I hated her. Well, well, but just with the songs here, though, I think she does that one well. When it's actually more focused on her, like the nowadays hot running hat. Oh, God, I can't talk ever. Hot Honey Rag with Rachel. Uh, I hate that song. The problem I think I have with that is that it's not even... It's not even really a song exactly. They sing for like a minute and then it's all dancing and whatever. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I don't think that I don't know. You know what my biggest complaint about that is though? What? Okay, is, is this is gonna sound hilarious. I think if people are gonna think I'm crazy. I hate the costumes. <laughs> I think and I know people are trying to go for this nineteen twenties look, but you have these two rather beautiful women and they look like the dowdiest awful like frumpiest i just the awful the outfits are so awful on them uh. i'm like come on <laughs> and it drives nuts they look ridiculous and gwyneth paltrow is so much taller than leah michelle yeah it just looks, it looks so awkward. awkward and so i yeah and there's not really any singing um we've got um we've got singing in the rain and umbrella okay, which that was fantastic though 
it was well done. I, I don't really like the song Umbrella. I'm sorry, people out there. I'm sorry, I don't. But I don't. But it was, I mean... I mean, it's not my favorite song by itself, but I think it works really well in this mashup with Singing right. in the Rain. It does. And, and as a... As a, as a musical number visually it's amazing to look at right um the other song in the episode is make him laugh and i'm going to give credit to will here um and, because and, and because it's mike and, mike. and his dance yeah. never really get to show off um, matt morrison's dancing skills mm-hmm. and here he's dancing with mike and it's a really actually nice moment even if I, you know i don't really like will all that much it's it's a nice like kind of moment and, and, it, it's nice okay. in the sense that we we get to see them play off of each other, which are two characters that never have a scene together, like exactly. Ever. And you get to see them do you know like the kind of old timey comedy thing, and and you're right, you do get to see them do bust out some dance moves and do some really interesting stuff that maybe wouldn't necessarily work anywhere else. And mm-hmm. and so I like it in that respect, but I mean I may have watched that scene like twice. Right, right. And so again, this is this episode is interesting in that the music, it, there's not really any theme to it, and it's more focused on the guest star than it is on the kind of like unlike Britney Spears showing up in the Britney episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she like Gwyneth Paltrow is not a vocalist, so they didn't kind of wrap a musical theme around her which I get it, it's nice that it opens it up and it kind of like in season one they're able to put in songs that I think fit the, the episode a little bit better mm-hmm. um, but there's nothing I mean like again I really like Forget You um, but there's nothing to me that's like yeah this is an amazing musical episode it's it's not it just kind of fits in with the theme of or the the storyline and I think this is it. an episode where the, definitely again the storyline took charge over the music mm-hmm. and yep. and it worked more or less yeah so the next episode we have is Furt and there's only four songs in Furt and I think that this that is probably one this is probably one of the other ones that's the best balance between music and plot right because there aren't very many songs in it now um Complete waste of Carol Burnett singing Ohio, even though people there are people that really like Ohio, I mean, so shout out to those people. I like I know the song. They, it's so. just such a pointless a guest star, because now we are on guest star number, what, number five? Six, Six? or seven. I don't know. We've lost count. We're not in double digits yeah. yet, but we're close. Yeah. And so, okay, and it's Carol freaking Burnett, man. Yeah. And while I love to hear her talking about how they went hunting Nazis, <laughs> I mean, come on. I just feel like they should have given her something a little bit stronger than Ohio. I mean, it's funny. The scene is kind of funny. It does kind of work for the plot line. Why did I leave Ohio? But I just, it isn't, okay, fine, whatever. It, it, it could have been so much more than it was. Right. For the big musical, because there aren't very many songs in this in this episode, and I think musically speaking, like if you want to give Carol Burnett a really strong song, I, I I'm a little confused by the choice of Ohio, but that's just me. Yeah, pretty much. And she didn't yeah. really have a whole lot to do. Like it's Carol Burnett. She's this amazing comedian. She has been acting since before some of these people were even born. Give her more than just 
five minutes in the scene with Jane Lynch and uh, a song. Yeah. Well, and then the other songs, I think, actually fit in really nicely. And this, again, goes with the balance of the plot and the music. We have Marry You, which is amazing. Can I just talk about how much I love that this is a song that uh, that Carol and Bert are walking down the aisle to? Because it's all about getting drunk and, hey, let's go get married. Yeah, I know. Well, I also find it really funny. As much as I really love this song, Kurt doesn't sing in it, and I don't understand why. Episode, and that was actually a huge point of contention at the time. I still don't quite Uh, understand why he doesn't sing in this episode, but maybe they just thought the plot was too much for him, so he didn't need a song. I I never really figured that out. Well, um, we have Sway, which is kind of a forgettable Will song, but it's kind of fun in context. Well, in context, it's a good song, and then I. It's one of the few times where I don't dislike him. I think he did a really good job. Yep. He's yep. not creepy. He's not hitting on anybody. He's performing, and he does it really well. And I, I, he doesn't take anything away from Carol and Bert, who are having their first dance. It's a great little scene. It's one of the... I just complimented Will Schuster. Mm-hmm. The world will be ending in about 20 minutes. It's not, you know, it's not about him. It's about Carol and and Bert. Mm -hmm. And I think just having him as the background, because sometimes they do this. Sometimes these songs are legitimately background songs Mm -hmm. for other people's plans. And sometimes sticking like Will back in there and doing it, it actually works, I think, personally. So, and then we get um, Just the Way You Are, um, Finn singing to to moment. such a great moment. It really is musically and and storyline. You get this culmination of the the Furt plot, basically that's been going on since season one, starting with the the crush and everything that went into it, and and then you know culminating in the wedding episode, and they're going to be brothers. Mm-hmm. And yep. from that point on. They were brothers. They were a stick of Steve's. They were, you know, it wasn't, they didn't care. They weren't blood related. They were brothers. And that's, I think, one of the best relationships on the show for me. Yeah, and that's the way that the music, that the song, even though when you really listen to the lyrics at the beginning of it, you're just like, what? Because it's, it's, it's kind of Well, complicated. they don't change the but, pronouns um, here either, which is really interesting. No. It's just really weird, and it, it doesn't fit quite... I mean, once it gets into the I like you just the way you are or whatever, it sounds... But at first... I feel it's like it, towards the beginning, he's sort of singing at Rachel, Rachel and then his mom, and then yeah. and then sort of at Kurt. So I think that's kind of how they were doing that, but it's still really right. interesting. Yeah. But no, it's still very... And it's one of um, it's one of Finn's better songs. It I is. Think. It really works. And, and I think that as a group number, even though it's not really a group number singing-wise, but performance-wise as a group number, I think they really had a lot of fun with it because they yeah. could do some loose choreography. They didn't really have to go all too into it. Um, it if you watch, they actually screwed something up and Leah busts out laughing. I've seen it way too many times that I know this. And and they kept that in because it was so funny. It was so yep. cute. Well, and um, just... Shoot, what was I going to say? Um, it is... For an episode that was so serious with all the Karofsky stuff going on in the background and Kurt leaving school and and everything, the music is so light. Yeah. 
Well, and it's, again, it was what we were talking about earlier. It, it's a nice balance. I think this is, it really, it, just the four songs lets the plot breathe and lets the songs be a little bit, even though, you know, this is definitely not anything, none of these songs are really, like, on my top of my playlist, um, but, like, Never Been Kissed, they're able to, to um, incorporate the songs a little bit better instead of having to shove 15 songs into an episode. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed just now, we are getting away from a lot of solos in season two. Um, outside of like the abundance of beginning of the season where Lori Rachel sings a lot, which was kind of a season one thing, they have now changed. There's a lot of duets. There's a lot of group songs. And we are getting away from these kind of individualized, you know, all Rachel, all Finn, all whoever. Or I all think that stuff. some of that was because of the effect of social media on the show. And... In the last few years, and I think and this has been television-wide, but I think, and I don't know, maybe it's because we're in Glee fandom, so we're more aware of the impact, but, you know, for me, Glee is one of the few shows where the creators interact with the fans and actually take the fan opinion into account sometimes. As I interject, not always to the best idea, no, but... it's not always done... <laughs> it's not always the best thing, but it yeah. does happen and this is I think a point where you start to see a lot of the audience wanting more, more Santana, more um, Brittany singing together, more Kurt more you know I mean the, the you know sales of Teenage Dreams so we want more Warblers and, and you can really see it start to affecting the music choices Right, and that leads us actually into to nine really well, special education. Now we we did talk a lot about this in the episode, so we I'm gonna sh- we're gonna do like a real quick recap okay. of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing that really stands out about this particular um, uh, this is their sectionals, mm. and um, I will agree with you here. I think that they did a really good job with the plot and music balance in this particular competition episode. Yeah. I don't always agree. But this one I do. And the one thing, this is one of my favorite, um, and, and they do it again in season three that I really love. You know what's really amazing about this set list? Rachel doesn't sing in it, and I think that is, you know. Um, and they make a point got, of that. They actually yeah. poke fun at their, you know, they very meta their, you're going to have Rachel sing a solo, and Mercedes will come in and bust out the last number, and something, I don't remember what, and everyone else will sway in the background. And he's looking at Emma like, what? And we're all going, yeah! <laughs> you you tell him, Emma. <laughs> we've got, and we've got, uh, you know, I've had the time of my life, which is nice between Sam and it's Quinn. Okay. I don't think it's great, but it's it's different, no, which is kind it's of, it's not, not a bad. I don't, I don't um, know that it, I would have bought it. No, but exactly. It's not terrible. But then but then yeah. we get Valerie, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So, okay. All right, talking about special education. And Yay! um talking about the fact that um I forgot what we were talking about before. <laughs> it's really oh, sad. Yeah, it's a, it's a Rachel-less Okay. Yeah. Uh Rachel's. Rachel. So we got to um that gives us uh I cannot remember the name of the song. It's hey, Valerie. Nguyen, that is and, escaping me right now. Oh, Time of Our Lives. Time of Our Lives. And then we get Valerie, New which Valerie. was just absolutely perfect. It was. It was perfect. Um, um, it was a great moment because um, Santana finally got uh, a good solo. Mm-hmm. 
It was the first, I think it's one of, like the first real Santana solo. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's a really, it's a good song for her and it's a, it's a good song choice and they did it really well. Um, so I think as far as that goes, that works. And then, um, of course we have the Warbler song. We get his soul sister and this is the first time, uh, I mean, Teenage Dream is the first big, you know, but it's a really, uh, Darren showcase and, and, and this, New kind of style, and now we kind of get a traditional. This is warblers. This is really kind of what yes. the warblers do. And well, and it's the first episode where we get the actual core warblers that are not just Wes and David. Because right. in in um, Never Been Kissed, you really only, they really only single out Wes and David. And so this is the point where you know we get Nick, Jeff, Trent, and um, oh, I'm. Thad, and mm-hmm. I'm forgetting someone I know I am. Yeah, I don't know the moment. Um, you know, but, but the core of the Warblers, and so this is the first time we see them and really actually focus on them in the performance, in addition to Blaine and Kurt. Right. And so that, that's really nice about that number. Right. And then um, we talked about it a ton in the episodes. I'm not going to really mention it much here, but there's Don't Cry For Me Argentina, which is this Homo Berry split like Defying Gravity was, though, as I said in the... Also in episode nine. Oh, yeah, that's true. They uh, like their parallels. Episode six is always the mashup episode or well, something it, like that, or episode seven somewhere around in there, and then episode nine always has a, um, a Homo Berry split. Or at least it did for a while. I don't know how long they kept that up. I don't know if that goes I don't to think, yeah. or not. It's so funny. Um, this is a side note entirely. People say that all the time, but it's only like they'll do it one season, then they'll do it the next season, but they won't do it like after that. And it's like people are like, oh, pattern, but it doesn't. It's not much of a pattern. <laughs> well, so. I think that we thought, I think the reason why that happens is because we thought they were going to keep doing it. Right. And actually the mashup thing being in season six does go on through season three because episodes three, six yep. is called mashup. Um, but <laughs> after that, they don't really do it anymore. Um, so... And then there's, um, I want to give a shout out to the hipsters and their living years. Uh, we get, I love the, which always makes me cry. That's an, you know, and that's kind of fun. It's something that they drop after season one and something they really drop after the beginning of season one is kind of using music as this kind of funny moment for the comedic moments. And the, the third party songs are usually the funny, like what the frick songs and the hipsters. Um, the Hipsters was a good one. I think in season four, we had this, the Mennonites who think she'll be coming around the mountain. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that much later. That was great. But, um, I mean, but yeah, they often, you know. It's kind of a funnier um, moment. If they try and pick something that is a little bit lighthearted and a little bit tongue-in-cheek. And we'll talk about the other couple ones they did in the, the later two um, competition episodes. But... Um, and then they end with um, Dog Days Are Over, which is a really great Tina and Mercedes song and a really great group song to end this episode on. Um, it is. It's, it's such a good song choice. And, yeah, again, it's a combination we don't see very often. Mm-hmm. We don't really see Tina and Mercedes doing a whole lot together. Right. And it's one of the first times, aside from Sing, that we've seen Tina sing lead, which is really a strange kind of switch because she actually sang lead a lot on the group songs in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. 
You know, and that's, we were talking about how um, the competition, at least I feel, in most of the competition episodes, they're so stuffed with songs that they don't really fit the story. And this one, I think, and and again, we'll talk about original song in a minute, but um, they, they it works. I think they do a decent balance of the ratio of a plot to song, even though there's a lot of songs in this episode. Um, I think that it, it's done well here. Well, the thing about, and, I, and and this may be why part of the reason why I feel like the competition episodes work more at, at with a balance sometimes, is that because, because it's a competition episode, the plot is the songs. True, but I think it's just fail in season three, and then in season four, the competitions are just so dull at that point, that it just doesn't work for me, so... Um, that's just, you know, we Must can disagree the, on the, the later seasons have their own issues, though. Yeah. That, like, competition episodes are the least of their problems. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on into to 10, um, is, and it's kind of funny. They do this with um, seasons 2 and 3. I, I Season 1 was kind of a weird thing. And season, I'd have to go, I, I haven't really thought about the context of seasons 4 through 6 on this, but um, we get the first arc of the season is you know, this first chunk and they do it again in season mm-hmm. three and then we get the Christmas episode and, um, just randomly hanging out there drifting in the wind. <laughs> well, you can tell that that's how they structured the season. They, and it's the, like I said, it's the same thing in season three. We have one arc, yeah. um, up through sectionals. We get another arc, um, through regionals and then we get another arc, um, through, um, nationals. And Which actually is not a, a bad way to no. divide the show. I mean, if you're going to restrict yourselves, to the competition episodes as the goal, and and you know, to, if you're going to restrict yourself to that story ish, you know, limitation, then it really works. Break seasons up into those arcs: the yeah. first arc to sectionals, then to regionals, then to national. Right, and in the first season, I mean, they did the two different arcs, and you know, it was, it, I guess, it was still 22 episodes, so it that does work kind of in there too. Um, I think in season three, it's a little bit tired by this point, but, um, it, it works more effectively in season two. So, but the Christmas episode is kind of a standalone thing and, um, let's talk about the Christmas songs and, you know, first let's start out by saying, if you really want our in-depth conversation about baby, it's cold outside, go <laughs> listen and to all the ways that, that scene was the beginning of, of a really, um, X-rated Christmas porn. Okay, go listen to the Christmas episode. Go back and listen to it. We're not going to rehash it here. We're going to say we loved it, and it's representative of amazing things, and it is one of the best. It is the best Christmas song that they've done. Um, yeah. Which may be arguable if you're not a big cleaner, but um, and there's a lot of really great things about it. But we do talk about it in depth to, in, you know, for the an hour for an hour in the Christmas episode. So we're going to kind yes. of skip over that here and uh, talk about the other Christmas songs in this particular episode. Um, so well, yeah. we have, we have, is it Needle of Christmas that it opens with or is it a different song? Well, let me, I'll list off the songs. It's uh, Most Wonderful Day of the Year, which is a group song. We Need a Little Christmas with Mercedes, which is another group song. We have Rachel's solo of Merry Christmas Darling. We have, um, the Sue's your me and one Mr. Your Grinch, Mr. Grinch, um, and then Last Christmas, which is the Finchel duet, and um, Welcome Christmas um, as the ender. Well, I think that was only on the album. Uh, Welcome Christmas was in the episode. Oh, it was, oh, but it was it's not on the album. Right. It's the other way around. Sorry. 
uh, Walking okay. Christmas okay. was where they were all um, um, they were caroling through the classrooms yes. and the teacher threw a shoe, which I will never get over. Um, so what do you what do you think of these Christmas episodes? I, I or Christmas songs. Well, need a little Christmas. Um, I love the original Grinch. Mm. Um, the cartoon. I can take or leave the live action. I know some people love it, but um, uh, I love the original Grinch and um, Welcome Christmas is like I love Welcome Christmas. That's one of my favorite songs. It's like the penultimate moment of the whole Grinch thing. He hears them singing about Christmas and his heart grows three sizes. So it's a beautiful mm-hmm. song. So I already loved it. And then I just love listening to them sing it. So Welcome mm-hmm. Christmas, them covering that, it's like one of the best things they could have done. It, like, it was like mm-hmm. Christmas, you know. Um, the other songs, they're okay. Yeah, I was just looking at this list, and there's nothing that I'm like. There's there's nothing in there that makes me aside from Baby It's Cold Outside, which I also love. There's nothing on that list that makes me go, oh, yeah, I really, really like that. I mean, I I mean, I like. They're all good songs individually, and and they're they're nice moments within the episode, but nothing that is completely nothing that's Baby It's Cold Outside. That's for sure. And nothing that I, I think the later seasons kind of have these more um, interesting moments. I mean, you get season three and this um, kind of, you know, fun black and white thing and everybody's kind of playing into it. So it makes it a little bit more fun. It's season, really campy over yep. the top. It's See, ridiculous, but it's good ridiculous. Yep. And, and in season four, uh, they're, they're get, fun songs. They're kind of a cracky in some ways. I know people have issues with the yeah. thing, but um. Uh, it's it's kind of a, there's a little bit of fun to it, um, and season five is you know across the board hated because they were just. Well, I mean, we hated the episode, but I still got to see Kurt dressed in an elf costume, sitting at a little teeny tiny piano. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll argue about the that later. Five <laughs> of Kurt in the elf costume is the only part of that episode worth watching. <laughs> there you go, you guys. <laughs> I did I and it will have we're gonna actually have a holiday podcast at the end of this run of episodes. And um uh as a tease, RB has never seen it, she's gonna watch it and tell us what she thinks on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, um yeah, so that you know the album is nice. I mean it's something that if you wanted to put on um, in, you know, uh, let's say a retail store with nobody's um, paying attention, um, which I've never done before. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no. It, it's, it's there. Um, but, I mean, if you like Christmas songs, my mom loves Christmas songs, so she's always asking. I love Christmas songs. But I'm, I'm just, it's nothing that blows me away here, so. You know, though, I mean, but I don't think it needed to be for this. Yeah. You know, it's not the kind of episode where they want the, the music to be the the big thing. It was just sort of to serve as a background to the plot. And I think it did it well enough in yeah. that sense. I also think that they did that a Christmas album was also part of the marketing scheme of the season. It was. Well, and they actually have a guest star on the album that's not in the episode. So if I'm recalling correctly, it's Katie Lang who does Your Mean One, Mr. Grant. She does on the album, yep. She does. Yes. And so... We're up to like guest star number nine or ten now. Yeah. 
although she's not actually in the episode, yes. she's just on the album. And uh, although, I mean, they use her voice in the episode when Stu's yeah. slithering all over the floor. <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, yeah, there's another. I mean, so again, it's another kind of. It, it's interesting how much looking back how much they did this and how obvious it is that it's kind of trying to employ for ratings and more money with the albums. And it didn't really feel as much like that at the time. I think eventually uh, it started to feel that right. Way, but in, but in the context it, of season the two, not really. Yeah. So we hadn't caught on yet. Not really. Well, and baby, even the addition of baby, it's cold outside was not an original thing, but that with the no. teenage dream explosion, they said, let's get D- Darren Chris on something. And so they made this particular song before, probably before they wrote the episode. <laughs> you know, honestly, they may have recorded the song and then decided it needed to be in the episode because that sounds like such a Ryan Murphy thing to yep. have happen. Oh, I'm sure. And as we talked about in that special education podcast, how uh, um, what the original plan completely probably went what we deviated from. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, all right. And then we get into the second, um, kind of half of the episodes, even though it's 11 out of 22, we, we start with, um, the Sue Sylvester shuffle. And the thing about this is that it was after the Super Bowl, And it's fascinating to me that the first song is kind of that cheerleader thing. And that's kind of huge visually. And the last song was this huge thriller heads will roll thing. But the other songs in the episode are kind they're of very understated. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot to them. No. I mean, because there's there's um, need you now. Need you now. There's she's not there and bills, bills, bills. And then, so it's so first off, this episode uh, went over, so it's a little longer than an hour, but not much. A couple minutes, maybe. Yeah, it's not and it's not born this way. There's only. Three or four songs in it. There's five songs in it. Is there five songs? Yeah, well, if you count the beginning, California Girls. Well, but nobody was singing that, though. Yeah, but that was still musical production. I guess. True. Okay. So, you know, I mean, as far as music sales go, they're not going to benefit from that. Well, and I don't think they wanted to either. I think that their big draw visually was doing Thriller and Hetero Roll, which immediately is amazing. It's a really huge thing. But they were trying to cater, as I've talked about in the episode, to this after-football crowd. And I don't think they were here for the music. (laughs) No. They were here for the cheerleaders and with with the sparklers and their boobs and their purple hair and what have you. Yep, and think about this, like, cracks me up that, like, um, (laughs) that, um... We didn't even talk about that. No, we really didn't, did we? (laughs) Um, we've got Need You Now, which is really kind of an understated thing, but Lady Antebellum was kind of newer at that point, so maybe they were going for a new... That that song had just come out and gone popular, and it was uh, Lady Antebellum crossed over from country in mainstream pop with Need You Now. So it was a bigger hit for them, I think. But the the really interesting thing about this is it's not a provincial duet. It's not. Even though they were broken up, it's uh, Rachel and Puck. Rachel and Puck. But, you know, think about it. I mean, I think that Puck is kind of the character that these people coming from after the Super Bowl will relate to more. Maybe I'm stereotyping. I'm sorry, people. Um, but I'm just throwing that <laughs> out mean, there. maybe they think that. Yeah. You well, know? 
And, and so, you know, they're thinking, well, we want to have, you know, look, it's, it's Puck and, and he's this big badass with the mohawk and he's singing this romantic love song. And then when they make fun of him, they all get into a big fight and he almost beats someone with a guitar, you know? And so it's a really interesting opening for this episode. Mm -hmm. And then of course you have all the football elements and, but then then it's Bill's, Bill's, Bill's. And that's so funny. But as I said in that episode, um, and again, we went into this really in-depthly in the episode, so listen to the episode, but, um, it's funny to me, it's actually, uh, you know, half an hour into the episode. So uh, by that time, the people that are done watching haven't made it past the first, they've already know, left. They've already left. Um, I, yeah. I love the fact that Ryan Murphy's notes were make this gayer. That cracks me up. Cause yes. LA- and he wanted it to be more flamboyant and, um, but the other thing was, especially at the time, it was a really big deal for this episode to have a gay character sing a song like this so predominantly female. At the same time, uh, as we talked about in the episode, so we really don't need to rehash it completely, uh, there's not very much gay in this episode. It's no. very, very not really even there. Like, we know that the characters are gay, and we know the whole Karaski thing is with, because he is gay, but they don't actually come out and talk about how they're gay. No. So. No one actually says anything about their sexuality in this episode. So, um, but then there's She's Not There, which is, you know, an older song, which I think appeals, you know, and they're singing it in zombie music, and zombie outwear, zombie so that's kind of fun. Which, actually, I really like that. And then... I, just, that whole number, as much as I don't, you know, didn't care for the plot of certain parts of this episode, um... For various reasons, because I feel like the writing let some of that down. I, I do like this song, and I am amused by that they sing it in zombie makeup. Mm-hmm. And their zombie dancing was just, it's so fun to watch. And yeah. it's a, it was a really good choice, and they staged it really well. So I think that, especially for people who hadn't watched the show before, it was a little taste of the quirkiness that we've kind of to know and love right, ugly. Right. Well, that's the same thing can kind of be said about Thriller and Heads of a Roll. I, you know, it's kind of funny because we're not really going to spend too much time on it, but it is worth watching. And I think it was really kind of a, a, a really good number. I just, it's personally, I'm just like, okay, that's there. But it is, I think when you're watching it the first time, it is quite the spectacle. And I think it was a good way to, to encapsulate the thematic stuff they were doing in this episode. Yes. And, and I think it, it even is sort of like, I mean, you know, they just came off the Super Bowl, which their big thing is like the halftime show. And this was the halftime show. And so I really like that, that that worked. And it, it was a big over the top production. And it, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's one of the first times the, is it the first time they do Michael Jackson? I think so. And it's Thriller. So it's one of the most famous Michael Jackson songs. Everybody knows it. They play it every year at Halloween. There isn't, I mean, you know, my, you know, my son is nine. He knows Thriller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, um. It's just, it's something that everyone is going to know. So if they've actually managed to last to the end of the episode, there's all these brand new audience watching, you know, watching them do a really kick-ass Michael Jackson song. Yep. 
Um, so kind of moving along, we got, um, silly love songs, which is the love songs. And this is, before we get in, I, I think this is hilarious when we look at this list, uh, you know, when it's you think love, list, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, when you think of, um, love songs, you kind of think of the really sappy ballady love songs. And, not what this no. is and let me read this list of songs to you because there's only one and it's an intentionally commentary it's almost fourth wall breaking in a way um we've got fat bottom girls pretty young thing when i get you alone my funny valentine which is the closest but tina sots her way through that so it's not really it doesn't really count firework and silly love songs which is a commentary on uh you know paul mccartney Me wrote it as, silly love songs and they do it at a single celebration right, dinner exactly so, so you, oh it's amazing yeah, when it's, I, I never really thought about it that way it's such an interesting collection of songs, for one. For two, it really speaks to the clueless nature of teenagers yes. and how to sing a love song. It does! It lo- I love but this. it also is very focused on appearances and sex and everything until you hit firework. Well, and here, okay, so look at this. It's also self-involved a little bit. Okay, you got Fat Bottom Girls. Which is Puck, and it's really about his like liking. It's not really about the girl. It's about I'm really. He's, I'm, tell, he's no? telling Lauren, I like fat girls. Yeah, exactly. You turn me on because you're fat. You've I mean, got yeah. What else is she supposed to get out of that? <laughs> you get Pretty Young Thing, which is a nice a nice duet between the two of them. But it's really again about the the singer. Our girlfriends are pretty. Yeah, exactly. It's not about the girls really. It's about them. <laughs> Oh, you got Then we get when I get you alone, which God, we did go into that in really oh, big detail. God. So again, go listen to Sully Love Songs. We we just dissect that up the wall. But, um, a, but you know, that's such a brilliant performance, though. I mean, not really getting into the song and what it means, but just the staging. Yeah. The fact that they actually went into a gap and did this, and it's just everyone's performances are so brilliant, and I love every you know. As, at the time, as upset, a lot of people were that When I Get You Alone was not something that Blaine was singing to Kurt. Oh, I'm glad he didn't. Oh, my God. I'm so glad he didn't. Yeah. But the fact that that's what we got out of it. Yeah. It was so amazing. I can't even be mad that it's not a duet. Or it's like it's not something that would... You know, he wasn't confessing his feelings. I can't even be mad because it's such a great moment. Well, yeah, but look at this thematically, though. Again, it's, it fits with this, like, it's about me. It's not about you. It's when I get you alone, not when I get you alone. It's, you know, about this is what I'm going to do with you. And it's, again, not one of those, oh, we're in love, happy, sappy love song no, things. No, it's and, not. And one of the main lines of the song is, I'm not leaving uh, until... I get you alone or something like that. Yeah, which that Robin Thicke borderline creepiness comes back. But yeah, he's a special, special person. But <laughs> they do spell the hell out of the song. Yeah. And it's a really good performance. And it's that over the top, campy, comical mm-hmm. moment that I think Glee does really well. And once again, it is a guy serenading another guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, and then there's My Funny Valentine, which Tina sobs her way through. Oh, so it is it is fun, even though I, I, I just, I, my, gosh, I never know what to I say. I so bad for Jenna. I know. I, and I don't, I hate to say this because I, I like Jenna. I think she's one of the weaker actors on the show. 
And so what I'm never quite sure what she's trying to be selling in the scene. I'm like, oh, okay. It, it's so weird. And, but it, it <laughs> she loves him so much. She's, she can't contain her sadness. Yeah, but it I sounds like they know. broke up or something. I just, yeah. I don't know. So I, but it is, it, it's not supposed to be taken seriously. So and the one kind of true love song. Yeah. The one kind of true love song is not really, it just, it's a joke. Um, and then firework. Yep. Is a power Which ballad about, about you know loving yourself. Yep, and I love I I mean I'm not I'm always a criticizer not really criticizing but you know I'm never a huge big fan of Rachel solos but this one I, I do love I really love this song I do like Firework I think she does she does well with this song it's a good song for her voice for a pop song it's a you know it's it's an up tempo. You know, it's kind of like a, a female power number, and I think she does it really, really well. And I, I do think that uh, on the one hand, you know, it sends a really positive message about loving yourself. But yep. in the context context of this episode, it's such a fascinating choice. Yeah, exactly. And then we ended up with silly love songs, like we said before. It's kind of this commentary on what well, was written. As a comeback, because um, John Lennon was like, at the time, this was after the Beatles split up, and he's like, oh, Paul McCartney does just stupid little love songs. So Paul McCartney wrote a silly little love song in response. And this is kind of the commentary. So I, I kind of like that Glee is kind of playing it with a theme. And this is, this this episode is really great in general with the plot, but I think taking these songs and kind of turning this theme on its head works in their favor. So instead of trying to shove, like, 20 Britney songs down our throat because we have to... They kind of get really creative with the theme, and then this is the really the height of when Glee works is this kind of thing. Yeah, this, and this was the height of their heyday. I mean, this is when they're were having their their highest ratings. This is when the the music sales were going crazy, and you know, and yet again, they did another Beatles song. Mm. Um, um, and this is this. I will say from here. All the way through Born This Way. This is a great arc of television coming up here, too. And this is yeah. this one kind of kicks it off. Um, and yeah, it's, such, it's, it's, good, it's good music, good song choices, good plot to back up song choices. And it feels less like the music is shoehorned in here. Right, right. And there are and, and quite a bit of songs. But, again, and it's also, instead of having Rachel and Finn sing every song, we have... Seven, one, two, three, four, five, six different songs by six different people. I mean, I guess Blaine gets two, but we get different people singing these different songs, and it's different plot lines, and you're not feeling, um, you know, overwhelmed by uh, one person having all the story. Also, Will's not really in this episode very much, and I think that and helps that too. might be why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so then we get into comeback. And this is the Bieber tribute episode, which doesn't have a lot of Bieber in it, thankfully. It really doesn't. I'm not even really sure. Well, I guess it is a Bieber tribute episode because they formed the Justin Bieber experience. Exactly. But they only sing two songs from Justin Bieber. And it's at the beginning. And so going back to Sam, like we talked in the beginning, who doesn't really get his own identity. Sam finally gets a plot. (sighs) And it's Justin Bieber. Uh, and you know, Justin Bieber. It's like, did he piss off a writer that week? I I think that they were trying to make Sam into something at this. They're like, we haven't done anything with Sam. What can we do with him? Because musically, he hasn't really gotten anything either. 
So they throw uh-huh. Justin Bieber, and it, it actually, I, I'll, I'll give it props, it does kind of work in this episode, but it still isn't Sam. I think it's still Sam being Justin Bieber. It's not really Sam. I, I, I don't... Well, and, and, and one of the interesting things about Sam as a person, though, is that he's... And this goes into, of course, a little bit of court, too, but it really comes up with Sam. He's an impressionist. Mm-hmm. He's impersonating Justin Bieber. Right. And that's really interesting because the first episode we get that's really his solo plot that's not him having a relationship thing with Quinn or, you know, anything else. And it's him impersonating somebody else for an hour. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, The other songs in this particular episode are a little bit of a hodgepodge. We get um, Take Me or Leave Me, which is... um, Rachel and Mercedes, which is actually really do- well done. I think it's really it good. It is really well done. And I love the, the thing I love about that is that it's like they really got mad and then they just get over it. Yep, exactly. And then we get this little light of mine, um, which is, oh God, it's Will and Sue with the pediatric kids. Or with the I pediatric don't patients. even know what that was trying to be uh, or it, do. You know, we I, should... I don't know. We should really just let it be what it is. We not really comment and keep going. Um, yeah. I yeah, it's best to leave that. We'll just pretend it yeah. didn't happen. Um, I know what boys like, which is Lauren's one song. Oh my god. Okay. Undying love for Ashley Fink. Undying love for Lauren Zeitzies. She's not a singer. She's not. She. I mean, I think she does well with the attitude of it. Um, but she's not a vocalist. She rocked it, but it's, it was not, it's not a good song choice for anyone, ever. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really a good song. It's, 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 it's just, it, it, props for rocking the hell out of it, but I just, it's not a good thing for her. It is. You can tell they auto-tuned her a lot. Yeah, I, I have, I hate to say it. Because I do have a lot of respect for Ashley. I really like Lauren Zeissy's. It is the one of the weakest songs of the season. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then we get Sing, which is another Rachel Finn led. We haven't gotten one of these in a while, but it's a Rachel Finn led group number. It feels I like I actually like Sing I as feel, a song. Yeah. It just feels like every other Rachel Finn-led group song that they've ever done on the show. I just... Yeah. I just... I I think that... I like the song, but it doesn't really serve or detract... It doesn't really do anything for the story. It sort of is. And they all dress like lumberjacks. Exactly. Oh, which is also a little weird. That's... That's a lot of plaid. Yeah. I mean, this whole... uh, This whole episode... That episode is weird to begin with. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Made, However, I mean, as we mentioned when we were talking special education, this yeah, episode was probably something to do with that. Yeah, so. I'm guessing this episode was rewritten completely from top to bottom. So I, I can I'll give it a little leeway on that. So. Like a switch. Yeah. Uh, like blame it on the alcohol is next. We get okay, so we really blame need to. On the alcohol. This is such a bizarre mix of songs. This is, too, if you think of it, really is. But at least some of they they more of they do have a little bit more of um, 
There are really alcohol-related songs in this. But first of all, we have to talk about, because it's a recurring theme in the second half of the season, which really give, is a standout of, of some things that they did. It's the first original song with my headband. And the yeah. funny thing... So, yeah, when, everybody wanted them to do original songs. Well, here's what so I want to say. Yeah, here's what I want to say about the original songs. When they go for funny, they're amazing. And we'll talk more about this in a little bit when we get to original song. But when they do it seriously, they're awful. <laughs> they're just... Ugh, I will tell you that Loser Like Me grows on you after a oh, while. Oh, okay, you know what? I take. I, I do love Loser Like Me. But I'm thinking of Rachel Solo and the <sighs> stuff I'll, we'll talk about at the end of the season with the Vincent yeah. Duet. And then I, I'm sorry, Marley fans, the songs that she writes are so... They're, they're appropriate for a 15-year-old girl to write. That will put it that way. Um, yeah. But when they do the funny ones, they are funny. In my headband... They... Try it's like the funny ones are so. Oh, I mean they're funny. Like yeah. I am dying laughing over here about her headband. Exactly. Well, and I think that's the thing. You get these comedy writers. I mean, these guys are comedy writers. They're not ballad writers. So I don't expect them. I don't know who actually wrote these songs, but uh, the, what the smaller ones I'm guessing is are the actual writers writing them. And somebody I just put, so, yeah. yeah. So I don't know who wrote Rachel's solo or the Finchel duet, but um, I, yeah. So um, we also have "Don't You Want Me," which is fantastic. Rachel and oh Bill. god, that is it's so good. They sound amazing together. It's a random song choice, but it works really well for them. Right, exactly. Um. You get, and then the last three are, are alcohol-related songs. <laughs> well, it's, well, because they're all drunk at this point. I know, it cracks me up. We get Blame It, which is Blame It on the Alcohol. We get one bourbon, which, one scotch, one beer, and then TikTok. Okay, um, so Blame It is not a song that I was familiar with before this. It's not really one I've listened to since. But I do love that <laughs> they decided just to have the motorized booth there's Sam in the sunglasses he just rolls around and it's like wow you're taking yourself really seriously I think with these last three songs because they are the ones where they're kind of drunk through the whole thing and then like the bourbon one is with Will and Beast and, I actually um, did enjoy that the, yeah that's what that was such a, a light hearted moment in the, in the episode um because after that point, it just delved into something else, which we won't go into. Right. But I, I, I really like that. I think my favorite part is when he said he had to go home and grade papers. And she said, <laughs> like, well, just give him all B's. Well, <laughs> so he does. <laughs> uh, my thing about the music, though, it's kind of, they didn't. This isn't a music-heavy episode. I think this is really such a plot-based episode. The music's kind of secondary, which works. Yes. Again, some, you know, with the second half of the season, they're doing so great, is that they know where to use the music correctly. And this is the kind of everything's taking a back seat. And the last three are all these alcohol-related ones, but they're the crackiest songs. I mean, oh, yeah, blame God. it. And then when they get to TikTok, yeah. and they are all so smashed. It's... And then Britney vomits, yeah. and then she, what'd she say? What'd she say at the end? I don't remember. I don't remember. She said, like, don't drink or something yeah. like that. 
So, and I think that's kind of the, I mean, this episode is supposed to be its anti-alcohol episode, and it ends up kind of being that, and then look at how ridiculous these, and you know, now that I think of it, my headband really fits with this ridiculousness. <laughs> it's just like, look how stupid, look how stupid you are when you drink, although, to be honest, my headband was before she had any alcohol. <laughs> Still. But, I mean, that's, you know... I think that's kind of the point thematically. And again, I, it's not something I really noticed until right now looking at these as a whole, but it really works. I mean, I'm like fascinated. The stronger they are, the more over the top the music becomes. Exactly. Exactly. So, wow. Kudos guys. It's like the beer goggles, but for music. <laughs> so it really works. Okay. So let me get um, sexy. And these are supposed to be sexy songs again. You know so, what's interesting? We don't what? get really super sexy songs. Like, we don't get... Well, can we talk um, about the songs in this episode, and and then, um, so, the songs, what are the songs in this episode? Because I don't want to, I okay. want to point something out. Yeah, let me, okay, I'll, I'll list them off, because I do have a, a thought, too. These are the episodes, in, oh, gosh, the songs that I, I give up, <laughs> I'm t- just done. <laughs> um, these are the songs <laughs> in this episode. This Do- is what happens when podcasting is left to just you and me. I know. Never, <laughs> I'm definitely breaking this up into two parts, by the way. <laughs> it's, oh, um, gosh. it's, um, oh. do you want to touch me? Animal, okay. kiss, landslide, and afternoon delight. Okay. So, animal, and we can talk more about this specifically, but, um, it's such I don't know that it was the original song intended to be in this episode because on the Warbler album as an extra, there were two extra songs. The first one was a Barbara Streisand song. And that's because the Warblers were performed at a Barbara Streisand tribute, something or another. Mm -hmm. And that's the song they sang for, for Barbara and they put it on the CD. Mm -hmm. The other one is, do you think I'm sexy by Rod Stewart? Hmm, interesting. It is not in any episode. Right. And there's not a real explanation. It's wide but there. But if I was going to put it in an episode, it would have been this one. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I wonder why. So, we don't know. There was a lot of speculation at the time that... Oh, hey, according to the Wikipedia, because I'm Googled, I just Googled this. Um, according, according to the, the Wikipedia article, which you guys can take that with a grain of salt, um, it was intended to be a, par- a part of sexy, and it didn't. Why? I don't know. It doesn't we say. Don't know. Nobody knows why. We just always assume that they originally had recorded it for this episode. And it's actually not a bad version of the song, as campy as that song can be. Now, did they yeah. do you think they wanted a Kurt vocal track on there somewhere? Well, I think that they wanted it to be a duet mm. because Do You Think I'm Sexy is a Blaine number. Right. So, interesting. Yeah, it is It, it is really interesting because there's a lot of debate about that when it happened, why they would do that and everything else. So all I can think is that they must have wanted to do a Clayne duet. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah, look at... Complaining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, here's my commentary. A lot like silly love songs, they kind of take this theme and kind of turn it on its head um do you want to touch me is the only one that i would consider really sexy even though i'm indifferent to Gwyneth Paltrow's voice so over the top yeah animal is kind of a joke even though it's fun and we love it 
Um, well, and, I mean, and the girls do freak out, but this is it's you still know, not. Like, so, I mean, it's much about like, Kurt and his and his gas pain. So. <laughs> Jumping back into sexy, <laughs> um, yeah. we've get um, we get kiss. Oh, it's awful. I hate this song. Oh, one of the God. also one it's of the worst thing they could have done. First off, it's Prince. No one can do Prince. No, it were, and do it well, and try to make it into tango. What are they even thinking? And the fact that this is the kind of this is their try on sensuality, this kind of like really you know sexy sensual thing, and it just falls. doesn't work. It doesn't at all. work. So, but then we get landslide, and this is you know intimate. I, I love this, and the and it, it's For a performance that they do in front of the entire group. Mm-hmm. With Gwyneth Paltrow sitting in the middle, it's it's a really you're right. It is an intimate performance. Oh, well, I was just gonna say in a, an episode called "Sexy," it's a very intimate, and, I, and that's part of the the stuff that's going on with the, the episode. And the episode I think is very good. I don't know if the songs really, because the only other one is "Afternoon Delight," and um, <laughs> it's a it's just a joke. It's funny. It's fu- I mean, it's not anything I would listen to on my iPod, but it's it's hilarious and <laughs> it's funny in, in in a lot of respects it's first up it's funny because I mean Emma thinks afternoon delight is a dessert yeah she does <laughs> it's a nice dessert too <laughs> yummy oh yeah you like if you guys haven't listened to the sexy podcast please do so because <laughs> we talk about sex so it like just and the ridiculousness of uh, we I do think we talk about this quite a bit too just yeah go listen to it we go in depth with it um, but yeah you know it, again like silly love songs there's kind of a play I, I don't know if it's as effective as silly love songs I don't think these songs hold up as well um, but they're not yeah. bad and I do think I do think landslide is a fantastic it's probably the best performance out of the bunch um, I know yeah. I love animal but it, it's animal. Um, but, um, but, you know, something that came to mind in this second arc, because in this first arc, we, we talked a lot about tribute episodes and a lot about how at the beginning of the season, they really wanted to like hear this new song that we're doing. And uh-huh. in the second set so far, I've noticed it's a lot more plot driven. I mean, yes, we have our themes of silly love songs, of sexy, of, you know, alcohol, of whatever we're doing. But it's more plot-focused, and I think that's another... Well, and, you know, I mean, aside from this episode, we haven't really had any guest stars in this second arc. Well, we haven't... I mean, when Paltrow's back, but she's been there before. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and, and John Stamos, too, is back, but, you know... Oh, well, yeah, but he's also been there before, so it's not like... It's not like we're tuning in, you know, because it's the big guest star of the right. week. No, they're, they're recurring characters now. Yep, and we get another, uh, again, it's another Warbler song-ish, but it's, it, yeah. it fits in rather well. And I, I think that that's the one, again, this arc, even though it, it extends a little bit into the third arc of the, the, the um, season, it, it handles this balance. They're not trying to push these huge songs. They're not trying to push these big tribute episodes. It, it, and I mean, they will a little bit with Born This Way, but it, it's still Born. I will talk about Born This Way in a second. I, I, I think that it's doing, it's hitting this gorgeous balance of song and plot. And even if every song isn't a hit performance wise, 
it's still doing a really good job connecting to the the plot line. Story, yes. It does it, they do that well in the second set right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, moving on to... Alright, this is the mega one. Um, and original song and this oh my gosh. breaks a lot of rules i i think personally when you stop this this is the episode that i think has the most songs in it and i i, I really really usually think that competition songs are overstuffed or competition episodes are overstuffed and stuff with this many songs shouldn't work this does because the whole point is the original songs and and all of these songs kind of fitting in the storyline and they fit so well that it is like a, what a musical really is when you have like you, you go to the theater, you sit down, you're watching musical. It's all these songs, and the songs are playing through the storylines, and it's this is just amazing. It's such it. You're right because I think the best thing about it is it shouldn't work, but it does. Yep. And so, so we have the original songs, and um, plus we have warbler numbers, mm-hmm. and. So there are eleven songs in this episode. Yep. And I wouldn't take any of them out. I might. Okay, I might take out candles, but (laughs) I really wouldn't. That's a that's a whole other issue. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, they'll they'll have listened to my candles rants, and you'll understand why. But anyway, go ahead. So we open with. Well, we got misery. The Warblers doing homework and Blaine busting in and throwing a bunch of paper and busting out Misery, which is absolutely awesome. Yep. It works so well for them. <clears throat> the choreography is great. Um, well, and I I'm, like, you know, they just do it so well. I'm going to interject all of these little, okay, I'm going to kind of go through these and talk about the fact that each of these characters get these little moments and that this is so amazing to me when I when I'm looking at this list as a whole you get misery which is really a Blaine thing you get it's only Blaine was a little bit of claim because Blaine has just figured right, out that but Kurt doesn't let Kurt's not worshiping him anymore no but it is it is a it is but I, I well, you'll see what I mean when I get to my point okay. a little bit later um you get only child which is Rachel but Rachel also gets um, she gets the only child, which is kind of this joke, but then she gets later on, get it right, which is the, her song. Um, uh-huh. even if I don't like it, it's still a Rachel thing. You get, um, you get Blackbird, which is Kurt and this, and, and we do, I'm kind of skimming over some of the claim stuff because we talk in depth about it in original song. Uh-huh. So, um, but we get this gorgeous, gorgeous Kurt moment, which is also plainish. We get Trouty Mouth. Which is a Santana and and uh, Sam moment. Did you have a comment? I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. I just uh, Trotty Mouth is one of those things that shouldn't work. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I know a lot of people don't like Big Ass Heart, and I get it. Um, I kind of like it, even if it doesn't do anything different than Fat uh, Bottom Girls. Um, but. Lauren likes it, and it's a no. It's a Puck Lauren, which is a huge plotline at this point. We get mm-hmm. Hell to the No, which is Mercedes like anthem. Yep. Uh, I mean, all of these little character moments in here in this first half of this of episode, and it's kind of awesome that you're touching on all of these little plot lines um, mm-hmm. through song. And it's not. I mean, there really isn't a whole lot of plot in this episode, but it's kind of. Well, a, but I think that in 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 like I said, uh, uh, like with um special education, some of the reasons why 
the competition episodes work is because the plot is the song. And, yeah. and that's actually true because that's what they're doing. They're writing songs in this episode. So the entire plot is them writing songs and then singing them. Right. And I think another thing is that a lot of these, the original songs are, are a joke. Um, and it's or funny or fun or, or uh, you know, and, and that works also. I think um, trying to fit in like 12 regular songs wouldn't have worked. No, um, I don't think it would have. No. So, um, and then we get into the competition half of it, and we have Jesus is a friend, is my friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jesus is the friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. So, <laughs> I can't even do this without laughing. I don't know if you've ever noticed, and I pointed this out because it cracks me up. They do an actual slur. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we all noticed. Kills that. me. Kills me. Oh, it is a great, and it's, a, it's like four 10 seconds. Four for you, Sue Sylvester, four for you. <laughs> It is like 10 seconds. Um, and it's amazing. Um, and then we get into, yeah. again, we, we don't get, a, well, we get a, a Rachel a featured, but I mean, it's not so abundant that it, it makes me want to like scream. But first we get, you know, the, the kind of, again, this is another arc ending, even though the arc kind of extends a couple more episodes. Um, uh, season, t- like the, the next arc is from the sectional to the regionals point. This is regional. So we kind uh-huh. of, all of this kind of culminates all of these plot lines as well. And the clean stuff is yeah, candles. Yeah, the clean stuff candles. becomes canon. <laughs> Finchel and Quinn start back up again. No, that was a while like before. The, well, I mean, okay. But so it was a plot line that's in. I mean, a lot of the really cool thing about the, the whole second half of season two um, is that all of the, it just... There are all of these stops and starts and all of these moments, and it's one big woven tapestry of really awesome stuff. It's which is one of the few times where they actually were able to manage their overarching themes for the season or their right. overarching plots with the individual plots that ran for X amount of episodes. Exactly, and and and, and to balance all. I mean, there's a ton of characters in the show, and no, I mean, like Mercedes gets shafted a little bit here. She does. But I think that, like, overall, they service the characters pretty well. Um, yeah. So, Candles, um, I will save you my rant yet again. Um, if you want. Well, the only thing I will say about Candles is that I wish they had chosen a different song. I do actually like the original version of this by Hey Monday. But... There's so much wrong with the song in the arrangement. My to recap, I'll try to do this quickly because I, I, again I go in depth in, in, into in on the episode podcast. Um, is that I'm guessing because of time um, and reasons in that are in the episode, um, the arrangement of this was bad, and because of that. Um, particularly Chris, I'm sorry to single him out, um, but Darren is too. They're out of tune nearly the whole song. And um, it's awful. It sounds awful to my ears. Again, I also like that I... I'm I'm waiting for you to mention a thing, but keep going. I'll wait and see if you get to it. I was also going to say that I um, enjoy Hey Monday's original um, version of the song. Um, But because this was done, I'm assuming at the last minute, um, I've heard... Um, that Darren Chris was originally the arranger on this, and Ryan Murphy made them do it again. 
um, or something along those lines? No. Um, so it's actually the other way around. Oh. So um, there was an original arrangement. And Darren wanted to do some different things with it. So he actually took it home and worked on it with music friends. And the end result was what we got. Yeah. Mm. And I love Darren's original music. I mean, you will not hear. I mean, and even the stuff that he writes for season six is amazing. But this. Well, hell, even his arrangements of of other covers. Oh, oh yeah, Teenage Dream in season four is is Uh, Darren. Yeah, slow version of Teenage Dream. He did an amazing version of Part of Me at something or another that like blew my socks off um he even has an arrangement of do you think i'm sexy that like makes the song sexy see and that's why i think this was a very rushed thing and they didn't a lot of times glee over does the use of auto-tune um that's part of its problem actually no this is not auto-tuned and that's so why maybe that's the problem. Yeah, that's why Chris and Darren are out of tune because it's not auto-tuned. And I think they went through it like once and that's it. And that's ugh, whatever. I'm not going to go much too much farther into it because I do spend like 20 minutes ranting about it on the uh, podcast episode podcast. But it's not my favorite of their duets. I will say that the longer extended version of the song that's on the album overall I think sounds better. I will say that used in the episode is not the best edit. Yeah, no, I will say that the episode one is much worse than the actual like studio recording of it. Yeah, but um, it's it's still not great. It's still my least favorite claim to it. Um, but anyway, getting out because then you have raise your glass and that's amazing. And um, I love raise your glass. It's an absolutely like. All it is, it's just a feel-good dance number, and mm-hmm. it's perfect. Um, get it right, it's too long, really. It's a, just another racial, sad song that doesn't... It, I didn't, it's just boring. I'm sorry. It's just boring. And it goes on for four minutes, and you're just like, when does this it's, song end? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you're always like, I'm like, I hate this, and you're like, it's not that bad. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, listen, you have to go really far out there for me to dislike something. And it, like, I mean, really dislike something. Now you I kind of want to know what kind of things you really dislike. <laughs> I absolutely hate Girls Just Want to Have Fun from Season 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll I talk about that in Season it. 3. I um, can't listen to it. It's awful. <laughs> Let me get Loser Like Me. And here's my thing about Loser Like Me is that it's really, it's really cheesy. It really sounds like some kind of Disney-esque thing, but it grows on you. (laughs) I think it's so much fun. I love it. No, like, I hated it the first time. I was like, what the hell is this? Me too. I'm like, Here we are, like, four years out, and it, I love it. Turn that thing on, and I am going to rock out in the most hysterical way, because, damn it, it's awesome. Yeah, but it's, as a song, it's, the lyrics are awful. They're so bad. (laughs) It's just so bad. But who cares? But who cares? It is a fun song. Um, and, and I think some of that is because even though it's not lyrically, I mean, okay, it's not Friday. I love Friday, though. <laughs> I do. I, I ironically love Friday. <laughs> we'll get to Friday in a minute because that's later on. But anyway. I know. Um, it's not Friday. It's better than that. 
Lyrically speaking. Oh, lyrically speaking, yes, it is. Yes. But <laughs> I think what really works for a loser like me is the the music. It's yeah. real, it's poppy, it's upbeat, it's very it's an empowering song overall. And I think that really works in, into the um catchiness of it. Right. And I think it really encompasses it's uh it's definitely not don't stop believing, but it does compass kind of what Glee is, and it's really uh, the anthem of season two, in a way. Um, I mean, I know a lot of think people say Born This Way is, and it, it is, but another anthem <laughs> that it really... Uh, no, I really, but no, I really, uh, I really lean, I, I think you're right, because I think Loser Like Me is the anthem of season two. Well, the, the theme for regionals was anthem. That's true. How do you remember that? <laughs> like, I'm Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, the shit that I remember versus the shit that I can't remember to save so, my life. Well, and okay, so here we go. We get the <laughs> we're getting into the third um, third act of the season, uh, which I don't think is as strong as the middle act, but it's still fantastic. It's got just some hit and misses, and it, um, uh, it falls down right in the beginning, unfortunately. It, but there's still there's some really great two really great pillars in this. Um, but okay, so we get. Night of Neglect. Which is not a good thing to come back from after hiatus. You get... But here's my thing. Here's... here. I'm I'm just going to go on another rant here. These... Okay. Let's talk about neglected artists, okay? Let's talk about Celine Dion, Adele, and Aretha Franklin. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm like, come on. I, I, just, I don't know. Like, who picked the music for this episode? Who wrote this, Tina? <laughs> That's my... Okay, so here's here's my... Okay, here we go. So we get that. First of all, you get three songs that are actual, like, big artists. I thought this was whole whole point was to be neglected artists, which is a really interesting idea. And they don't do anything with it. So then they get I Follow Rivers, which Tina which sings. Which is amazing. Jenna blew the hell out of that song. And she gets rushed off stage. Exactly. On top of that, I, God, I don't like that song. So I, think, I actually love I Follow Rivers. Oh, that's good. I'm glad somebody does, because I'm like, why is this thing playing? But no, that's good to have different opinions from other people. It's fantastic. Um, and, and what is it? <laughs> We're on like hour three of this. I can't lie. <laughs> It's going to start falling apart here at some point. We're just so done. <laughs> no, I have so much more I have to say. Um, I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> we're now at the point uh, where we're okay with disagreeing with each other. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I just, I really like it because I felt like it was a good song for Jenna. It's definitely in her wheelhouse. It's such a, a, a like a powerful, like a, a really like a, a kind of a gothy number for her, which mm-hmm. she was all about at the time. It's, it's you know, it's very dark, and I, I really liked that. What I hate is this, and I know it's supposed to be a joke, but it just became almost irritating, this constant trend of her being interrupted mid-song. That I agree with. And uh, whereas, like, I also like the fact that, what is it, Likey Lie is the artist, or Likey Lee? It's Likey Lee. Likey Lee. I, she's, she's not someone that I had right. I only know of one other song of hers, and that's because it was on a Twilight soundtrack. Yeah, so it's like we don't. She isn't not. She's not necessarily neglected, but she's an artist we don't know very she's well. Not really known, and that's very great. Well. She's not but, a mainstream mm. artist, that's for sure. She definitely, I would say, at least 
remotely fits the criteria. Yeah, exactly. The she, it's the one that number, you know, the rest of these don't. We know who she is. Uh, so why you couldn't know? they do that? But then they make it a joke. They, they, you know, Tina, it, you're right. It's a great fit for Tina, even if I don't personally like the actual song. It is great for Tina. She does do well singing it. So to have them basically laugh through it is frustrating. And, uh-huh. oh, gosh. So, um, also we get um, Jack Johnson. I, I don't, I like Jack Johnson. I've heard of him. I think he's... You know, like I, I had not heard of him. Okay. I don't think before this. I have. I thought he was a little bit more well known, but maybe not. So he also kind of fits it, though. Mike isn't singing, but he's dancing. Again, it's I a do fantastic. Like this, though. Yeah, this is amazing. It's an amazing Mike number. Like if you've not really, if there's uh, there are a few gems in Night of Neglect, not really very much, but this is one of them. And so, um, yeah. So now to talk about the three, like oh god. Drives me up the wall. It, it, this, this whole theme of neglect. But anyway, we get um, Sunshine singing all by myself, which is why are we wasting our time doing this? But okay, fine. Um, we get Adele's Turning Table sung by Holly Holiday, which is just. It is Gwyneth Paltrow's weakest song. It is not good. It's it's not. It's she just doesn't. Adele has such a specific. Sound tone. And, 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 and tone and, and to pull that off. A, there's such a series of emotions behind it, right? That I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow nails. No. And honestly, if I was singing about breaking up with Will, I'm not sure I'd nail those emotions either. Um, but it's also, you know, her and Will are breaking up in this moment, and I don't. I think that's the other problem, though, is it's not just about Gwyneth Paltrow's ability to not really emote through songs. It's the fact that they're trying to push the storyline that doesn't work. I mean, nobody's really caring. Nobody cares. Nobody's cared all season. Yeah, they haven't. So it's just kind of a, they're trying to make money off Adele. Um, Basically. It's unfortunate. And then you get the finale with Ain't No Way. Now, Mercedes kills it. Um, Amber is amazing on the song. There, I don't I mean, have any critiques other than the fact that it doesn't fit the theme of this episode. It doesn't fit the theme, but I almost don't care because she blows yeah, it she so hard. It's so amazing. Like, it's a religious experience. Yeah. Okay, so going on, we get, um, we get Born This Way. Yes. Which so, is, I think, I mean, original, original song of Born This Way, I think Born This Way is a smidge... I mean, probably because the original songs were kind of more of a jokey, but isn't it more serious way? Born This Way is probably the strongest episode song-wise to me. For this I season. agree. And it's really interesting because this episode was not originally supposed to be 90 minutes. First, it was going to be two hours, and it was going to be two episodes back-to-back. Oh, I didn't know that. And then it was an hour, and then they said, okay, we'll split the difference It'll be an hour and a half, and it'll be its own episode. You won't have to give up a second episode for it. Mm-hmm. So when they got the extra 90 minutes, they actually had to go in and add stuff. So the um, Barbara Vention was not originally in the script. Oh, okay. And um. I actually think, um, as far as songs go, that's probably the weakest one in the episode. Okay. Only well, because it's really just a dance number. But I, but I, mean, I don't if you even like it. 
I was going to say, I don't even think it's a weak number. I think it's a fantastic performance, actually. Um, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm not crazy about that song. Oh, I see, and I love that song. <laughs> so, like, there we go. I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite. It's, That's it's okay. Like, I, I'm not going to listen to it voluntarily, you know? See, but, like, if it was on, I wouldn't turn the radio off. See, now, I would turn the radio off if I follow Rivers Coming On, so it's okay. We cannot, we don't have to agree. <laughs> um, but the thing about this also, you know, there's no theme with musically. There's no, like, duets or whatever. This is, I, you know, born this way, and that is the theme of these characters. So, like, I feel pretty, I'm pretty. It's Quinn and Rachel kind of expressing how they feel, how about, they feel themselves. about themselves. Okay? And I actually think, hands down, this is one of my favorite mashups that Glee ever does. I it's agree. It's, like, on my list of top five. I agree. It's one of those times where they use Quinn's um, voice incredibly well um they don't always know what to do with yes. quinn and and they do it here she doesn't she hasn't really sung much this season she, uh-uh. she's a very distinctive alto and, and it's gorgeous I, I like people. it um she holds her own against lee and michelle i don't always think that people That's do really that well. hard to do yeah but she does i mean yeah they, this song is just and they play the whole song and I'm like, I don't care. You would just keep on singing. Exactly. Beautiful. And I'm just going to sit here and just listen. Um, we've got I've Gotta Be Me. It is one of Finn's best, best numbers. Um, Mike's it's dancing so into great. it. It's so It's so light and, and, and endearing and so thin. Yeah. Um, I hate to I hate to say this. We really, really went in depth with somewhere only we know, and as we if we never said goodbye, so I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this. Um, but They're as beautiful, 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 mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful songs, I cry, I cry, I cry. Yeah, they are gorgeous numbers for the boys individually. I think it speaks a lot. Somewhere only we know speaks a lot to Clayne. Well, I think somewhere even, only we know was Darren's suggestion. Awesome. Um, Ryan was looking for songs, and Darren suggested it, and Ryan said, okay. <laughs> Why does Ryan listen to Darren on these things? Because he does Don't Speak to, and I'm still like, Darren. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> well, not- now, to be fair, Don't Speak was really well done, and it ripped my soul out. Well, okay. Why are we talking about this now? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're so awful. Okay. <laughs> like, this song's sad. Let's make it sadder. Um, I know, right? <laughs> But yeah, as if we never said goodbye is such a triumphant celebration yeah. of everything that Kurt is. Yep. Yeah, that's and it not, works so well in this episode. That's such a fantastic summary of this. We spent like a, half an hour on it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was that long, but a, a good number of, of a good amount of time. Uh, and then we get the, I, I love the flash mob thing with Barbara Streisand. And then we get. I like it. I wish there was more of the cast in it. Oh. There's only there's 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 Kurt, Rachel, and Puck. Yeah, but Finn and, and Mercedes and are they there? Are, yeah, that's the other thing. That's okay. So that's the problem I have with it. So I can't pick any of them out. Oh, they are. They're there. They're kind of. And I don't know. I just I felt like I don't know. I always felt like that scene needed some a little something extra. Like uh, like the flash mob from season one was so good. Mm. I don't know. Right, we can agree to disagree on that. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then I, 
I still like that scene. They obviously, it looked like they had a lot of fun filming it. But, oh, and interestingly enough, I don't know if you knew this, but during this episode, Leah was filming New Year's Eve. Okay. So, um, in As If We Never Said Goodbye, it's actually a stand-in. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. That's not her. Now, see, now that I've told you this, when you go back and watch it, you can very clearly see that it's not her. Wow. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, she she only had a handful of scenes in that movie, and all of them she spent trapped in an elevator with Ashton Kutcher. That doesn't sound fun. to spend your time, I guess, but... uh, And then she sings at the end of the movie, which, of course, she does. And, um... But, uh, so while she was off filming that, there were a few scenes that, um, they had to use stand in for, like group shots and stuff. And if you notice, she's not in the somewhere only we know scene. Oh, that's, I, you didn't even I miss did. Her. No, I didn't really yeah. miss her, but I, I never really thought about it either. How oh, crazy. But that's fine. Yeah. It saves us. We get a, a Mercedes thing and. We don't get Mercer Hummelberry, and I think it works. So, um, I think it's, it, but it's so funny that's such a huge Rachel episode, I and mean, she's getting a nose job. Yeah, and, like Leah's God for. Well, that makes more sense when she's not singing and born this way because she's not in most of that song. Yes, and that's why because she didn't have time to learn the choreography or the music or anything. So that's why they only had her come in at the end. That makes a lot more sense now. But anyway. No, I mean, in Born This Way, of course, is this iconic season two number that, again, we talked about in length um, during the episode podcast. And it's such an amazing song. And it's so funny because Ryan Murphy agreed to do this song before he'd heard it. I Yeah, and we talked a little bit about it in the podcast, but um, they agreed that this was going to be the premiere of the song. And it actually ended up being premiered somewhere else. And the people from Glee were kind of annoyed by that. (laughs) And it was, so they agreed to do it and they announced it at Paley Fest. So this was like two months in advance or three months in advance or something. They hadn't even heard it. They had no idea what it was going to be about. They were going to do a whole episode around this song. That's funny. I do remember the hype about it. But the thing about this, I mean, looking at these songs and um, there is not... All of these songs, and let's exclude the flash mob thing because it's something kind of different anyway, but um, all of these songs kind of speak to the way, you know, it's commentary on these characters. And you get... And I really the, think it's, it's very much Glee what it, what it does best. Yeah. Embracing yourself. Exactly. Well, and it's also, I'm like looking at this list, it's... Rachel and Quinn and Finn and Kurt and Blaine and then the group number and really you get the heart of the the, the main characters here. You're getting musically yeah. focus on the, the strongest players. Um, and um, yeah, I think this and and you know and I think even though the plot really supports the music, yeah, in that way and in. And there's all this stuff going on in the background with Emma and um, and her illness and uh, with, you know, just all the characters and trying to, you know, figure themselves out and stuff. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, great episode. Um, I great musically, probably the strongest musically um, of this entire season. 
Um, I'm sure, you know, we've lots of people have said it lots of times, so we're just kind of being redundant at some point, but yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, going on, um, we get our next tribute, which we haven't really had in tribute since the beginning no, of the season. No, not sure it's Rocky Horror. Yeah, so we get rumors. I, I, you know, I said this on the episode podcast, I'm going to restate it. I'm not a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Um, I'm not either. Yeah, how Having said that. Yeah. This episode is fantastic. I, okay, I guess I, I don't agree necessarily that it's fantastic, but I think the music is very well done in uh, overall. The music works in the context of the episode. Right. I think overall, as, as an episode, it works really well. It's one of their better theme episodes. Yes. And, um, I think that, uh, they just... They did a really good job with what they worked with, and I mean, so we get. I'm trying well, to think of what else. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't really like is the muckraker stuff. Oh, and I think that's kind of funny, but. Um, well, I, I mean, it, it is and it isn't, but I, it's not. I don't love it, love it, but I do like it that we get the fondue for two. Well, going to, to the music though. Um, the thing I want to say about it is that unlike with the Britney episode, they kind of just jammed Britney songs in there wherever they could, and it didn't make much sense. But with Rumors, yeah. I think that they took this context of the fact that the, I mean, this this is, I said it in the episode podcast, and I'll say it again here, that uh. it's really funny to me that this episode is so angry when the, the previous... Yeah, it is very angry. I mean, Quinn is angry. Rachel's angry. Santana's angry. The the previous episode is all about loving yourself and camaraderie and love and everything. And this episode is so angry. It's funny. Coming right after it, it doesn't thematically make as much it's sense. It's such but, a strange juxtaposition putting right. them next to each other. However, these songs... Because so, Fleetwood Mac, of, of course, they did in the episode is all about kind of the, like, they were having a hard time and they just focused on the music. And the fact that they took that dynamic and put it into the episode and had these songs, which aren't necessarily songs that reflect on that, but it reflects the characters, you know, in the story, I think it's, uh -huh. it's, it's again, it really, they were doing really well. And there's a lot of songs. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs in this. And, and it works. It does seem to work. I do think, I don't know if Rachel and, and Rachel, I don't think April and Will really needed two duets, but... Um, no, but I did enjoy, I do like their songs, so what, uh, they have, is it, they have dreams, really? and dreams and nice to meet you, have I, have I slept with you? Oh, okay. But that's the original, okay. that's, um, that is not Fleetwood Mac, by the way, that is no, April Rose's original. No, that original. is an original song written yeah. for Crossroads, the April yeah. Rose story. Which is fantastic. Um, yes. I guess now, originally... That song was not supposed to be Nice to Meet You, Have I Slept With You. It was actually supposed to be It's 10 a.m. and I'm Drunk. Oh, yeah, but they didn't want to. And they changed it. Yeah. It's 10 a.m. and I'm Drunk is also an original song, equally as funny, and I actually think they should have used it instead, but whatever. Um, we have, you know, and I'm just, I'm not a fan of Fleetwood Mac. I'm also not, I mean, this is a very light Kurt and Blaine episode. There's no Blaine in it at all. So I'm not, I'm already kind of about it, but. Um, like it has um Santana's songbird, which I think is a highlight. Oh, of, that's so it gorgeous is of a Britannia. And again, everybody knows I'm not a Britannia shipper, even though I have no issues with them. I just don't ship them. 
but I think for their moment in their story, I think it's this gorgeous moment. Um, and and the, and the song it's such, a, it's such a simple, heartfelt moment where Santana really just pours her heart out, which she never does. Right. Um, you get Never Going Back Again, which is Artie, Artie's song, and I, I'm just blanking on what it is, so it really wasn't that I'm memorable. not sure why. I don't remember why they did it. I don't either. But um, they do have um, one and only Quinn and Finn. And I remember talking about it on the episode where I said, um, it is, it's kind of awful, but in a hilarious way, because they are so oh mad. God, I love it. They're so mad at each, each other. other. But it's so great how mad they are they at each are. other, because it's just like I'm cracking up yeah. the whole time. You get another Rachel solo, and at this point, even though it's season two, I'm just tired of Rachel solos. I'm not going to lie. You know what, though? I love this cover. She, it's, it's, it's a song that once again works for Leah. Yeah, she it does. It. She does do a very good job with the song, even though I, I personally don't really like the song, but it's, it. she does a good job with it. And then you get, and, don't, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Rachel is wearing pants. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't remember when the last time Rachel wore pants. It might've been when she wore that pantsuit in season one. <laughs> Well, we, oh gosh, that's a whole nother story. I don't remember where we, I think we were talking about in the Mercedes one about how um, the women don't get to wear pants very often. But anyway, I'm not going to go into gender <laughs> issues have a, now. That is true. Well, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Side, side note for later podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't um, think about that. We'll have to come back to that. Um, <laughs> then they do Don't Stop. I, whatever. Okay. Watch Kurt in the background. If you ever, like. Okay. Well, the whole thing is just so cute, though. <laughs> I love, I love Sam. I love his brother and sister. I love how adorable they are interacting with each other in the background. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kurt's awesome, and he's great. Santana's also wearing pants in the scene, if you wanted to know. She's wearing overalls. <laughs> and the reason why I know this is because there was a huge debate about why is Santana wearing overalls. Oh, my God. Because overalls are ugly in, yeah. Really? I, okay. I think she looks cute. I don't know what. I apparently am just in some fashion. I don't even want. I right? Why? You had Santa, to be there. Apparently, I don't know. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. At the time, I don't know. Um, but this is still. I mean, like we're still we're going on. We're going getting into prom queen, which I think is strong too. And going from from silly love songs to prom queen, I think the only really really weak one is, uh, I will come back as a little bit weak, but Night of Glugglect is the only really awful one musically. Yes. So we get into Prom Queen. Prom Queen, again, it doesn't have anything, a theme to it, but the songs all really kind of work. And we get, um, uh, I thought Rolling in the Deep was a Adele song. It is. Why does it say John Legend? Did he write it? Maybe. Or Adele? Interesting. I didn't Maybe. know that. I don't know. But it is a... Uh, Rachel and Jesse St. James duet, and I nearly cried. It's amazing. I'm just always impressed because the I love when the background, like the the, whatever they're doing on stage, and the background singers start singing, and I'm just like, so fantastic! I love it. We totally didn't rehearse this. Yep. Um, we get that. We get, isn't she lovely? Which is, that's fine. It's not really. Oh, by the way, speaking of rolling in the deep, um, they actually got shit. On air. Why? 
because there's a line in the song about uh, something about um, their the shit they're dealing with their shit or something like that, and it's one of Jesse's lyrics, and they totally didn't edit it out. He got shit in on air on oh. Glee in like a nine, an eight o'clock time slot on Fox. Wow, I'll have to go back and listen to that because. It- I think it's probably so inaudible because I didn't know, notice that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'll look. Okay. I'm gonna Google the lyrics in a minute. I'll tell okay. you what line it is. Um, it's one of Jesse's lines. So continue. She lovely is nice. It's it's kind of forgettable, but it's cute it's in the moment. It's really pretty though. But yeah. I think my favorite part is that he's using it to ask Brittany to the prom, and there's Mercedes going, "Isn't this song about a baby?" Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Which, we, though, if you think about it, speaks to the infantilization of Britney that you're always complaining about. Yeah. Well, not, that, that's not me specifically, but... Um, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you. <laughs> I know that you have issues with it, so... Oh, and somebody else did, too. Was it, or was that... Yeah, it was snarky, but that's it was okay. Snarky. It was snarky. She had a lot of issues I, with it. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before. Right, we've talked about it before. It's not even on. It's, so it's, it's an just, issue, and I, it's really interesting <laughs> that they chose that song. It's so funny to me that I'm like... A stickler, I'm like, that was not me. I'm sorry. I wasn't, like, trying to be mean. I I mean, I do have issues. But anyway, talking about, um, we get into, okay, so, the, I mean, there's not really much before prom, which is fine. Um, then we get into the prom songs, and they, uh, they generally work. Friday is, whole, I love Friday. I hate the song. The song is awful. But the, the, the boys singing it is amazing. And... I am going to plug, because this, this is going to air before the Glee Live one. Um, we're uh, going to talk about this on Glee Live podcast. And if you if there's one redeeming factor about Glee Live movie, uh, is their the rendition of Friday and the extras, check it out. It is amazing. Yes. It's still not worth the $10 I spent on that DVD, but it's amazing. Um, and here, it's good. It's enjoyable. I love it. It's kind of that boy bandy feel. They... Took what is arguably one of the worst songs ever, and I gotta admit, I still—I mean, I love Friday. It's mm-hmm. awful, but I love it. See, and they couldn't do that with Gangnam Style, but that's a boring. No, <laughs> um, but they took what's arguably one of the worst songs ever in the history of music, <laughs> and actually made it something halfway decent. It did, and it's you fun. You can't do anything about the lyrics because there's just no helping that. <laughs> Enjoyed the shit out of the Glee cover. Oh, absolutely! That's and a prom they, it should be too. I mean, they, they, oh yes, it's a perfect song to sing at prom. It's over the top. It's cheesy. It's popular on the radio, and everyone will dance to it and then deny it later. Um, then we get uh, Jar Hearts, which is, I mean, it, I like it, but it's still it's Rachel whining about. It is what it, it, it furthers the Rachel Finn Quinn plot. It is what it is. It's a Rachel ballad. She kills it. Yeah. It's an angst fest. It is. You know, I is. mean, it, you know, what can you say other than it is what it is? Um, we get um, Blaine's I'm Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance with You. Which is the most insane song choice ever. Yeah. But I love it. That's great. I don't like it, but that's okay. I actually I heard, for the first time, I heard the original version of it. I'm like, oh, wow, I really like the song. Yeah, the original, um, and not nothing against Darren, nothing against Blaine. I think the original is a little better. Having said that, I really love that this is, when I was thinking about not changing the pronouns, this is one of the songs where they do not change the pronouns. So Blaine is is the girl that you've been dreaming of (laughs) ever since I was a little girl. 
<laughs> it works. I know a lot of people love this song, so I'm not going to like say much about it or anything. But. <laughs> it's such a bizarre, lyrically, this is such a weird episode, because you have Friday. Yeah. And then you have this one, and of course, while this song is going on, Jesse and Finn get into a huge fight. Exactly. It's so weird. <laughs> it it's is kind of a really weird moment. Yeah, it really you know? is. And then, of course, there's Blaine over there masturbating a microphone stand. <laughs> That's number two time talking about masturbation. <laughs> I would just like well, to point you that know, out. Oh, we'll just add a <laughs> masturbation gift to this. Um, uh, so. <laughs> I'm really going to have to change the rating on this. Um, so, and then we end with Dancing Queen, which is awesome and fun. And we talked a lot about it on the podcast yeah. and, and we love it's it. It's such a brilliant way to end the episode. Yep. Especially um, the, with the way that it ended. So, yep. yes. Okay. And then we get um, the last two, the last two episodes of the season, which I think are a little bit of a drop down, to be honest with you. Um, you get funeral. There, such a weird place to put this episode. Funeral has it's interesting because you get these four solos, and we we really do go in depth in in the funeral podcast about these each of these. So um, we do say, I mean, I I, I do, um, and and uh, Kitty, I'll, I'll let you have a chance to talk about it in a second. But we, uh, they're generally all good. My problem is with the pacing of the actual episode, but. The, the solos, uh, the music is relatively well, and it's the, each of the songs speak to um, the, the girls and Kurt that are singing them. And um, and we and like I said, we do talk about it quite a bit, actually, in the episode podcast. So not a I mean, whole lot to comment there, but... There's, there's not. I mean, it's not new information. Yeah. Nor does it really move it's, the plot forward, but... No. Um, as far as filler episodes go, like if you actually were to label an episode as filler, this is filler. With the exception, I will say with the exception, the the whole um, uh, Sue stuff, that does further Sue's plot. But it the does. rest of it is, is generally filler. And I really, I, I, there are so many moments in this episode I really like between Kurt and Finn and Sue. And, and I do like that they stepped up for her and that they wanted to do this. And I, I know some people have issues with um, the whole Charlie and the Chocolate Factory theme, funeral or whatever. But um, Well, and I think Pure Imagination is actually uh, really well done. I think it's a very nice moment. Very, and it's very beautiful. gorgeous. And it's the I mean, more- I like Pure Imagination as a song anyway, and I love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I, I was already predisposed that they were going to have to try really hard to screw that up. Yep. So, um, I mean, this, you know, it's kind of an interesting episode musically in that um, they're, they're all good songs. I think there's only five. I think Pure Imagination is the only one that really matters to the plot. But I think all of those are solo. The other, I mean, the other ones, I mean, are good the plot solos. is that they're auditioning. Yeah. What? Yeah. So... Like I, I mean, said, we go into it and I really am recapping yeah, everything Mary said. But. It's just like, I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing there, There's nothing to get into here with the music. You can't read into it because, you right. know, I mean, you have Santana doing uh, Back to Black. You have Mercedes does, oh, I'm like, Try a little tenderness. Rachel does my man and Kurt does some people. And yeah. yeah, like I said, we spent like the entire hour of funeral talking about this. So I, I've been yes. kind it's of just, summarizing. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know that we could really add a whole lot to it other mm-hmm. than the songs are perfect for the people who are singing them. But it wasn't and necessarily they did really 
Yeah, exactly. But it, working in with the actual episode itself, does it work? Yeah, it's still too much song and not enough plot, but it, it's, it is what it is kind of thing. Well, the plot for the episode, at least as far as that was concerned, the whole auditioning thing, that was a loose plot anyway. But I think since they knew they were going to do the funeral stuff for the A plot, they kind of, they needed a B plot that involved them singing. All right, well, going on to New York, um, I was just counting the songs for this. Finale has nine songs. Uh, that's because it's a competition episode. It's a competition episode, and this is where I begin to see that it doesn't work. Um, okay, so... Uh, there's so much that they could have done with this episode, and so much about didn't. this episode that should have worked and didn't, and so much about this episode that was never going to work, and I don't understand why. Yeah. They well, even did it in the first place. Looking at the music, again, it's not really, we get, like, the theme is New York, quote-unquote, but we don't really get New York songs. We get the I Love New York, New York, New York mashup, which is fine. Which, it's okay. I didn't love it the first time I watched, the first few times through, but I like it now. It's it's cute. You know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, we get My Cup, which is amazing. Um, okay, so let's talk about my cup for a minute. Can I just tell you how much I love this stupid song? I know. It is amazing. I love this song so much, I made seven different versions of a video of Kurt and Blaine holding cups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. There are seven different versions of it. Wow. <laughs> the reason why there are seven different versions of it is because every time they would release an episode of them holding cups, I would redo the video so that the new clip of them having with the cups in it would be in it. It's on my uh, Vimeo or Vimeo or however you say that. I'll, I'll send you a link. That's hilarious. Yeah, you should do that. That's great. Um, we've got... It's called Boys with Cups. Oh, jeez. As, as, as long as it's not called Two Girls with a Cup. Um no, uh, that's a different video. <laughs> that was really explicit. Okay, don't. Guys, I said this in the original podcast. Do not look that up. Please don't. Just take my word. No. Um, no I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. Unless you're into that. No, it's just. Case, okay, fine. Go don't. Um, anyway, um, we've got. <laughs> still got tonight, which is Will singing his April Rhodes thing. Okay, it's fine. so. Still got tonight, which I don't know if a lot of people know. That's actually off of Matthew Morrison's album. I'm surprised they let him do that, but anyway. I think they did it because the album was tanking. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and that didn't really help him out much. No, it's not really. It's kind of a forgettable song. I'm sorry, Maddie. I'm sorry. That album was kind of forgettable. It was. His second one was too. Just as a side note, we had it as an intro play. Second one? And it, the second one, where he actually has Goyle and Paltrow on the, the track with him. Oh, that's and right. I remember It's all now. Broadway numbers. And it is yeah. the most... I feel so bad, because I actually don't think Matthew Morrison is a bad vocalist, but it is the blandest thing. I've, it's like, you kind of half-hearted this, like, okay, I'll sing these songs. There's yeah. just no motion uh, to it. By the way, the line from that Adele song mm. was, Go ahead and sell me out, I'll lay your shit bare. Interesting. But it says there's a clean version that says, I'll lay your ship with a P. Oh. I'm not sure which one he said now. I always thought he said shit. Interesting. I don't know. Guys the world may never know. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's <laughs> poor, poor Matt Morrison and his forgettable song. Um, uh, there's Bella Noda. Um, yeah, it's cute. I don't really care if it's been till date of this episode, but that's okay. For good. Um, we, again, talked about this in length, about the Hummelberry stuff. God. But it's, it's such a great number. Well, first off, they're on the Wicked set. 
So it's already got ambiance working for it. Mm -hmm. And then it's this great moment between Kurt and Rachel where you really feel like it cements their friendship. They're going to be besties for life now, for better or worse. And it kind of goes back to the beginning with duets and... and we again we talked a lot about this in the episode. I keep saying that, but I do go back and watch the episodes, guys. This is just kind of the recap part of it. Um, that it, it does encompass a lot of what Humbleberry and a lot of good that Humbleberry is throughout the, uh-huh. the years. And and it's a gorgeous song. These two, when you get them together and singing, it's fantastic. Um, Magic happens when it, those two get when they get a song and it's such a good song for them. It really is like mm-hmm. magic happens. We get, um, we get As Long As You're There, which is an original composition written for Sunshine. And my issue kind of here is that she must have been contracted for four episodes. Are they, I I don't really want to say shoehorn, but it it feels like it. I get that there's kind of. It's not, it's not a good song. It's not a good song. And I feel this way about the season four Warblers too, is that. They have this thing, and they want to show we have this thing, and so they keep trying to present it, but it doesn't fit with everything else that they're doing. So it kind of is like, let's stop and listen to these people sing for a second. And it just yeah. kind of, to me, takes away from everything. Um, and then we get the god-awful right Finchel duet with a kiss at the end. It's called Pretending. Okay. So, Pretending is a song that's kind of grown on me. I hated it in the beginning. I hated everything about it, but if you listen to the song but don't watch the performance, mm-hmm. it's actually, I like it more. Oh, okay. Because when I watch the performance, all I can, all I do is get angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's my issue with it. I Well, and in light of the world, it's kind of interesting as an ending number. I don't think it's... It's, it's, it's such a bizarre... Like, Why would you give Brittany the lead on that, but whatever? Um, yeah, well, that's that's one of the things. Okay, so this song, it's Artie, Brittany, Santana, and Rachel. Is Finn, does Finn sing Finn does, According to this, Finn sings too, but... Okay, that's five people. That's a lot for one well, song, and, especially for Glee. Hmm, not, uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree. I, when it's done well, you can have, like, like think about Marry Me back in Furt. You, you can that's true. do a lot okay. of things, but you yeah. just got, I, my problem, and I said this on the episode podcast, is that um, it's it doesn't highlight the best singers. And no. I mean, it, I mean, there are some good singers on it, but it doesn't highlight the best ones. And it auto-tunes it so much that it doesn't even sound like real people singing. So, you, I mean, it's a nice song. It's grown on me. But it isn't something that I would end a season on. Um, no. And I, I will tell you that the my main focus between, by for watching that song yeah. is just to watch Kurt in the background bobbing his head around. I know. He is really cute during this. Um, but that's the thing. This, this One reason why, you know... And I think ending it, we're going to talk a little bit about themes when the, you know, people aren't tired of listening to us talk. We'll talk a little bit about the, the overall stuff with the music at the end. But um, 
the, to end this it on this song, it's so it feels so weak. And I get that they were trying to lose, and obviously this is like a song to lose on, quote well, unquote. But uh, it yeah, just, if you were gonna lose, it would be with those two. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, we were you know talking so much about balance and so much of this, especially the second half of season two, has so much great balance between its story and its music. And this one, the balance is not bad or anything. But the, the music just doesn't really work. It, it, I don't think it's very strong finale music. Um, I think that they were so caught up in all of the things that they were doing that, you know... Well, and I think that part of it was that, I mean, the, they had to go on location. I mean, go on location for this yeah. episode. So logistics of it were planned out months in advance. They had to book all these filming places. They had to find stuff. I mean, you know, Ryan Murphy spent six months looking for a tree for Clay to stand under an original song or something. <laughs> Imagine how this must have been with him yeah. trying to pick out locations in New York. Exactly. And then, you know, and of course, then they, you know, they go all season and they're doing all this stuff. And, so I feel like, to some degree, I think the songs kind of fell towards the wayside. Right, and if, when I look at like I love New York, New York, New York, it's it like it's more about the locations they were singing in than the actual song. And Bella Nota, same thing. I mean, the the boy band stuff is is nice, but it's not the you know greatest thing I've ever heard. It wasn't awful though. But, I mean, if that if those songs had been in there and they had had better competition songs. Um, you know, and even a better end of the end of the season song. Right. Well, think about the end of those would have been fine. Yeah, think of the end of season one though, where we end with this great rendition of "Over the Rainbow," and with we don't end on this. We I mean, we get these. We get a great little quota coda in the plot of season two, but we don't. And not that we need to end on a number. We don't. But we could have, or we could have ended on something that it's a little bit more. Uh, interesting than light up the world. That's my personal thing. Yeah, so. I, I mean, not that I'm going to complain about the coda of the episode being Kurt and Plain saying that they loved each other and Mercedes and Sam secretly dating on the download. <laughs> exactly. But. I'm not about to argue with that because no. that scene hands down is one of my favorite things ever in the entire world. And and you know, even Jim uh, Canatiello said it best when in Ohio is where Blaine said, "I love you." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to complain about that, but um, so kind of looking at this as yeah. a whole, kind of thinking of because kind of going through it is, is an interesting thing. Um, they they one thing that, an up and down season, I, but it, I think it works more than it doesn't. I think that when you take um, the the criticisms because they you know the thing about the opening of this se- season is they talk about the criticisms they break the fourth wall they get rid of yeah. real rapping. They kind of changed the format out of this whole blocky show choir things. I mean, a lot of these episodes don't end in sh- in, in um, group numbers. The, the ones that do are actually relatively well done. But they get away from that Finchel stuff. I mean, Rachel still has a little too many solos, but um, most well, of them... Well, but she's the lead, so yeah, exactly. you, you, know, you have to walk that line But you get and, you know... You get a lot more... Um, duets, you get a lot more interesting pairs of people that you don't get before. You get a lot more, you know, solos of people that you haven't heard as much before. You get just these interesting dynamics. And I think one of, you know, we talk about what works and what didn't. I think what works is showcasing different people. I think Uh that, you know, having, 
it's interesting um, when we looked at the first half of the season how much they tried to fit in all of these tributes and all of these you know big promotional tools and then they kind of got rid of that and that's one reason why the second half of the season works so well for the most yeah. part so. it's much the second half is so much stronger than the first because they stopped the over-the-top, in-your-faceness of everything. You know, and it's fascinating because when we talked about Teenage Dream, we talked about how it was one of the, you know, two bestseller iTunes, and it's not really until season three that that kind of song mentality kind of bites it in the butt. I mean, now that I'm looking through, they must have had most of the season planned a little bit. They have a mix of types of songs. They have, like, a lot of show tunes. They have a lot of um, older music. They have newer music. They, they try different things. It all really works with the characters pretty well. And they don't start trying to, like, milk the music cow until season three, I think, is when it starts to... Yeah. 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 Um, so, totally. I... Totally. I think that's... And I, I, you know, we were... When we did the tournament for season two, I got a lot of comments about a lot of people... A lot of these moments musically resonate with people. Um, and I think that a lot of the, you know... I have a person a lot of love for the later seasons too, but uh, their music too. But this one has a lot of really great musical moments in it that we kind of went through. And there's not a whole lot, you know, thinking of like stuff that was just trash. There's not a lot there. There's not a lot of things that we're like, oh god, that was so bad, or oh my gosh, that you know, why did they do that? Yeah, there's a lot of things that they, you know, they could have done better. They could have done balance within the episodes a little bit better. They could have chosen a little bit better, you know, with the characters. And, again, the, the beginning is a lot rougher than everything else. But once they settle into it, it's really, really pretty good. And 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 I think that, I mean, when we talked about the season retrospective, I think the, the music is the reason why this season works so well. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, where we talk about how everybody, this is like the golden age of Glee, this is the big, this is when it was at its best, and part of that is because of the music of this season, that it's it's a it's a great mixture of songs, like you said, you know, they have some oldies, they have acapella, they have, you know, new songs, and, Broadway and, and you know, popular songs, and, you know, they got into this groove where everything kind of worked, especially in the second arc. And and so it, it was just full of things that really meshed well together that I don't think that they managed to achieve in any of the other seasons. Exactly. Well, and I will say, I'm going to give a shout out to season five, because season five has I think has that's some... why the closest they come. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, where I like the season five music probably maybe a smidge better than season two overall. Um, I think that the way they use music in general, season two is probably there's a reason it's considered kind of this golden age of Glee, um, and because they just hit so many things right, and so there's so many episodes in a row, everything was just really amazing and really worked well and really tight writing with the music, and um, really good. Um, one thing I, I kind of maybe wrapping it up a little bit, um, we were talking about Sam, and as we were going through, we realized Sam doesn't really get an identity musically. Um, the way that older characters did. Um, I think, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about the older characters, I do think that they kind of just continue what we talked about in season one. Um, we just get yeah. more play on that, even though I think Quinn fared a little better, even if she didn't sing very much. Um, I think that her song choices were much better in season two than right. season one. 
but everybody else has kind of stayed the same or similar. Um, I do want to talk about, we didn't really talk about Blaine and, um, he, it's interesting to me. He really only gets warbler songs. I think the only one that's not is that, um, prom song and it doesn't, it's not really about him. So, um, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, we don't get much of a Blaine identity out outside of this warbler acapellaness. And that's fascinating because we don't get a lot of him as a character, even though a lot of these warbler songs speak to him. I mean, I'm not saying that that's definitely not part of his character, uh, right. but we don't get anything else from him until well, we get no. into season three. So can I get, uh, when I get you alone, that's so well, yeah, but it's the Warbler. Well, it, it, yeah, the Warblers are performing with him, but it's not like a random song. He's actually purpose. They're not just singing it to sing well, it. No, he's I, actually playing this song out and is, is going to sing it. Right, and you can say the same thing about Somewhere Only We Know. But I, I still sure. think that it's still part of this Warblerness that he doesn't Maybe, really yeah. break away from until season three. And whereas he That's doesn't true. really become a, uh, I mean, he is a, obviously a character and a lot of people pull a lot of things. And we talked extensively about playing the whole season, but there, mm. it just, it grows in season, season three and four and five and everything. And we I get more see, of I think that in, in the part of the problem with that in season two, at least musically, is that Blaine didn't have a lot of a character identity mm-hmm. in some ways because we saw him uh, through Kurt's eyes a lot. And it wasn't until, you know, towards when they got together that we started actually seeing Blaine emerge. And I don't think that they had really figured out who he was musically yet. Yep. Yep. Or outside of the, you know, like not uh, musically outside of this Warbler Prince, you know, Disney-esque dreamboat boyish thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that season three kind of really breaks him out of that. So to, well, getting into the season three stuff, it's going to be kind of fun talking about Blaine. Um, to talking about Kurt, he he gets he doesn't really get the um, group songs yet. I mean, they still don't know what to do, except for Born This Way. They don't, still don't know what to do with him. And he's not really in the groups for the most part, including the Warblers. But this is the, the season of his strongest solos. I think so, yeah. It is. He gets so many amazing solos, and he gets... So much of his story told through these solos. Through his music. And, and I know that Chris really wanted it to be that way. And I love that they were able to do that for him. Yep. And, I, and, and this is the season he won the Golden Globe. So. Yep. And um, I think more than any other character, his story arc throughout the season. It's probably the most cohesive. Well, I was going to say most connected to the music. And it, like. All of his songs connect to him as a person. And really all of, when you add in, as we were talking about in the beginning, when you talk about the clean music of this particular song, you can put together this whole arc and you can really sit and list out these songs and you can see Kurt's arc and you can see Clayne's arc through there. You can't really, Blaine is a little bit, like we said, it's a little different, but. It's a little um, harder, but yeah. I mean, it's still there mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep. So it's kind of amazing to see. How these journeys now, I, you know, we're cleanish specific podcasts. I'm sure I'm not going to really sit and think about Finchel or Mercedes or whatnot right here, but I'm sure you can. I think that they were very aware of how they were music, using music at this point more uh-huh. than just, again, throwing crap at a wall, what they do a little bit later. But um, 
I, I think it really works for the characters, and I think that's one reason why this is such a strong musical season. Yeah. And, and I think that um, it's just... I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe I might just be repeating everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nothing. I'm now. I'm talking too much. Oh, it's my train is hot. It's gone. Okay. Well, what we can wrap it up kind of with. Um, let's do our favorite performance and least performance, least favorite performance of the of the season. If you can choose. Uh, Off the top of your head. Well, I mean, uh, okay, do you want performance or do you want song? Oh, well, do, well, okay, go ahead and do both, just because I'm curious as to what you mean by that. Okay, so my favorite song would probably be Teenage Dream. Mm-hmm. Just because, duh. <laughs> if I titled the special podcast, it would be Teenage Dream because duh. Because, duh. <laughs> That's fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, but performance-wise, it might be a tie between Thriller has a role and Born This Way. Mm. Because those were some amazing performances. Absolutely. My- Visually. Um, so, yeah. Mine are a little different. I think, well, Teenage Dream is by far one of the most iconic things ever to be done. And I still watch it and I still feel things inside of me. Like, I, um, I get, like, little, like, little just chills. Giddy. You, you know? It's like giddiness and, exactly. and goosebumps. And just every time the camera swoops in on Blaine's face and Kurt's, like, smiles and my stomach does a result. I mean, exactly. it's been five years. <laughs> and you still feel something. That's a testament and to the I song. I still feel something. That is a testament of well-written, well-acted, well-done television. Um, but I think also uh, uh, my favorite of the season is um, As If We Never Said Goodbye. And um, that mm, to that's me, such a good song, uh, I think it's Ugh. such a moment for Kurt. And, and it is my well, favorite Kurt solo, and my just so much. It's so joyful, and like I said earlier, triumphant. It's such a triumphant moment for him. Like it's it's this. I've been through all of this, and we've been through all of this, and you guys have been there, and you know what I've been through, and and we're still here, and I'm so glad I'm alive to be here, yeah. and I just love that moment. Though it's I said this on like, the I could cry. I said this on the other podcast, I cannot separate Somewhere Only We Know with As If We Never Said Goodbye. To me, those two connect, because they are in the episode together, and on my all of that. my like playlists that are together. So to me, those two like, connect. It's kind of funny. But, um, all right, so least favorite. Oh, yeah. Which is hard. It's really, there's not a whole lot of and really it's hard bad stuff. There are, se- there are seasons where they've just, they're just Bad. Bad song. <laughs> um, but this is a little harder because even the bad songs aren't that bad. Um, gosh. I, I kind of want to say, I'm trying to remember what we were talking about because I'm like, oh, that's probably it. Um, but the um, 
Second to least favorite would be the Lauren song. I'm sorry, Lauren. Oh, I know you yeah, tried. That, that, no, that might be it. That one or. But there was one another or- one that I was like, this, this is just maybe. Oh, you know what it was? I'm gonna go with Kiss from. Oh, Sex yes, Week. that was terrible. No, I agree. That was just awful. <laughs> that it, it was an awful. Like, whereas um, the Lauren song they tried, and she's not a singer, and, and you know, she's okay. not. And but you know what? I mean, the difference between her song and Kiss is that she sold it, right? And they didn't. Yep, exactly. So, um, and also, you know, kind of thinking about um, big themes as we wrap up here. The fact that they focus more on the kids than Will. I mean, Will didn't have a lot of songs in season one, but they they really. Oh, that's what it was. Um, for worst performance, though, um, I will say straight up because the song is actually good. It's and even the studio version that Glee did is good. But the worst performance is probably "Touch a Touch a Touch a Touch Me." For oh the God! Well, that's nightmare inducing. <laughs> For the creepy factor. But the, they didn't have a lot of will in this. I mean, and when she's laying on the desk and he's laying over her, and it just is so wrong. I mean, wrong. Yeah. I can go on for like an hour just about the wrong, just repeat wrong over and over so, and over again just to try and get my feelings about how wrong that is. But yeah, wrapping up though, just when you start with Teenage Dream and you end with all the Born This Way stuff, and it's an amazing season uh-huh. of, of songs. And yeah, it's a little maybe rocky at the beginning, but you look at it as a whole and it's really glee at its best. It really, yeah, I think that was, that was their, they found their niche and they sat in it yeah. and, and it worked really well. And but the problem was, is that they started relying too much on the niche and they couldn't, they yeah. couldn't. I'm not they sure what happened way. in season three, but it fell apart. Well, and I have, I like, we'll get to it more season three because actually Fox intervened after the first couple of episodes and they wanted yeah, to break away. So, I know, but I know. anyway, let's leave it on a better, Everybody knows. we'll leave it on a happy <laughs> note of teenage dream and, and listen to like, really, when you guys listen to the outro of my music, I, I picked, <laughs> yeah, this Sorry. really great, you know, all of the really top claim stuff and, and it's everything that I really love about the show. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. We talked for about three hours now, and um, it's been an, an, an awesome and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> for, it's almost midnight. We've been talking for hours. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much for joining me. And and you're welcome. Yep. So we'll talk again soon. And yay, Glee music! Woo!
for this moment to arrive. Dream.